0: The hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all gonna get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard, a pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Uh, Oh, the 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 dickens. Double time.
1: John, I
0: have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. I hope
2: everybody's having a fantastic day so far. Looks like the sun is out. So make the most of it while you're here and uh, hang with me until 6 o'clock with a lot of stuff to talk about today. Hopefully you're on board through the entirety. Normally this is a very boring time of year um but that is not the case now there has been a lot of stuff now again it's been a lot of stuff that may may not be in your particular wheelhouse of enjoyment or pay attention to or anything like that but at the same time there's a lot of stuff going on yeah as you knew it would shake out this way. Shane Steichen met with the media a little bit earlier today, and it was basically a don't have anything to say about that no comment type of situation on Isaiah Rogers. And and you can tell you can tell with the guests that have been on the show. I think Greg just had Alec Pierce, the wide receiver, on. You can tell these guys have been drilled about yeah, just go ahead and angle toward the education that you're getting the understanding that you're getting. And then basically, you just leave those that made the mistake. In this case, Isaiah Rogers just kind of out there flapping because it was knuckleheadery, and you knew what you were getting into when you got into it, and you did, and now that's going to cost you. That's basically it. So I think the players have talked about that. Shane Steiton alluded to that a little bit earlier to the education that they're getting. I, I understand that it's so readily available. I do. I, I don't understand just absolutely napalming your career. I mean, just to, to barring that. Will he get another chance? Probably. Will it be here? No. Is he going to miss out on over $2 million? Yes, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I know what you're going to throw at me. Well, there's not a lot of things that make sense. I mean, look what is deemed acceptable in the NFL, and look at this, and this is not a big deal. And that's fine. I understand that too. There are a lot of things that don't seem like they're a big deal, but they're rules. Frankly, I think we all understand this. We we, show of hands, how many out there right now can rattle off four or five rules that you think suck? And you would love not to have to abide by. But you do because of your situation. Maybe it's a workplace situation. Who knows? But you just have to either fall in line or, in this case, drop out of the line for something that does seem insignificant, for something that, if not insignificant, you can utilize the word knuckleheadery. Just go, why? But that is the angle that's been put forth today and really for the past couple of days. And that is the educational angle. The NFL in uh, telling us what we uh, can do, what we can't do. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I was talking with a friend earlier today. I, if I were in their shoes, I don't know if I would screw around with any of it. I mean, any of it. You know, certainly nothing inside what those guidelines, those rules are. But I don't even know if I'd mess with it outside of those lines. I'm all the time thinking, what in the world is going on with my phone and who's paying attention to this stuff? <laughs> and I'm mild-mannered on it. I've said this before in social media. I normally just like to have some fun. Now, I will, if, if fired upon, I will return fire. But I can't think of a time when I'm kind of out front and taking a shot at somebody without being provoked. Because that's just not me. Yeah, I just think about that in terms of everything. With with social media, with the technology of this phone. This thing, while, and I'm holding it up right here for effect for those of you that are inside the lounge via YouTube Live. This thing right here, while entertaining, entertains. it does wear me out a little bit. Because here's what drives me nuts. Texting. Uh, Do you call it fat thumbing? I don't think my thumbs are fat. But I, I can't type anything accurately. And I don't know about yours, but my phone and, and and I'm almost glad. Well certainly I am glad now because I don't have to put up with all the conversation anymore. But um yeah, I'm glad that Andrew Luck's not playing for the Colts. Because every time I typed out Luck, it would for whatever reason in my phone transform to Lick. So I was Andrew Lick this and Andrew Lick that So I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not good with it. I'm not good with it. I don't know if it would be worth it to any of these guys, even, again, outside the boundaries, outside the guidelines, to blank with it. I mean, how long is your NFL career? What is the life expectancy, career-wise, of an NFLer? You're going to have plenty of time to jack around. And hopefully you're going to have a lot in the bank to where you can jack around and you really don't have to go out there and have a gig like we do. you got plenty of time to jack around. Now, again, that will lead to – and I I know what this can become. I know that certainly this can become an addiction. I was kind of curious with that in mind, how long has sports betting, sports wagering – been illegal in the state of Indiana, I thought by now we would start really getting a lot of these stories about how it has been been detrimental to this person or that person. You know, one of those sweeps weeks types of packages you'll see on TV. You know, this is what happened. This is who I was before. This is who I, I was after. And this is who I'm trying to be right now. One of those types of stories. But I haven't heard a lot about it. That can be a dangerous game. I mean, it's one thing when your career is over and nobody cares, but it's a complete other angle to look at, which causes me to put up my hands and wonder what the hell when you're right there in the middle of it. And especially unless you just kind of fall asleep during these NFL gambling rule seminars that apparently they get you well-educated, unless you're in there falling asleep. Then you gotta know better. And then after that, you just have to have a a clear along with the education judgment. And unfortunately, in this case, it does not sound like that was it for Isaiah Rogers. But as we talked about yesterday, talked about when this story broke a couple of days ago. It's just it is the beginning stages, and more than likely you're gonna have a favorite team. A player on that. Somebody is probably going to get swept up in this. In the NFL, there is no way in the world this is close to being over. None. So these stories, these stories will be become more commonplace. And I hope to the point where you don't get used to them. But I think you understand the sports and the news cycle. You ultimately do. Yeah, thank you very much, Kent. Maybe I can help you with your Luck Lick issue. <laughs> well, I mean, that's no longer an issue because I don't find myself typing the name Andrew Luck any longer, which is good. Because every time it would go out of Andrew Lick, I couldn't send anything on Twitter without reading this thing over again. proofreading without it being Andrew Lick. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Why is Lick so popular on my phone? What's happening here? not looking at that type of stuff. Nah, I'm not bright enough. And certainly if, again, I were in their shoes, having a a major professional sports career, I don't know why you jack with it. You guys agree? I know what you're going to say. Well, these guys are ultra competitive. That's how they get where they get. But... Most of the time, too, you're ultra-competitive and you're pretty bright. You're smart. You have understanding. At some point, hopefully you still are. You've been coachable along with that understanding. And yeah, just go ahead and let it wait. I mean, you you don't want to expedite the process on a short NFL average career even more so with blanking around with this, right? You just don't want to do it so don't I guess that would be my speech they need to call on me over there here's what I would do hey just don't blank with it (laughs) All right, just don't do it I know you're competitive that's how you got here but you're going to screw yourself here's my example I can see me using one of those uh, what is it what is it when you get it uh, James you're not going to know either because you got 10 tattoos Um, what is it on the board I'm doing a presentation oh, on a board. The, um, there'd be a chalkboard like when I grew up, like or a dry erase board, yeah, or whatever it yeah. is. It's not that big of a deal, right? Yeah, I'd be doing that on my. Life. Well, this is how I would screw all this up. I don't want to see these guys screw it up. I don't even talk about stories. I would much rather have nothing going on but OTAs and messing around on a daily basis talking about this pass and that pass from Anthony Richardson. I don't want to mess around with talking about Isaiah Rogers in this capacity, but that is the path in which we are led. I say it all the time and it's super simple. At least it seems like it should be. Alas, it is not. Just got to be smarter. You just got to be smarter. All right, Bob Kravitz will join, and I'm sure he'll bring that up coming up here in the 4 o'clock hour from The Athletic. We'll talk about that and a lot more with Bob, again, coming up here in the 4 o'clock hour. Yeah, Shane Steichen, again today, in case you missed it, met with the media. We are kind of wondering, and at least I wondered aloud yesterday to Stephen Holder when he's on the show, um, if maybe they would hear from Chris Ballard. Uh, you don't need to trot Chris Ballard out there if you're just kind of leaning on the, well, you know, we've all been educated on this. I mean, if you're just going with the educated angle and really nothing more, we support him. He's a teammate. He's a good guy. Uh, but certainly we all get educated. Yeah, you know, For example, if you heard Alec Pierce on with Craig before I came on here, yeah, you know, that's basically it. That's basically it. So you don't need to trot out Chris Ballard for that. Now, if it would go into any more deeper detail, which at some point is gonna, or if he had any answers, and I'm certain because it's an ongoing investigation, they they don't they have answers, but they don't have answers they can tell you about. And certainly nothing is buttoned up at this case. So not surprising. I just kind of wondered. I wondered if. Because Shane Steichen was a guy, as we talked about yesterday, has been described by most as being all ball. And maybe would not be fluid in talking about a situation like this, but if you're going to basically defer and say no comment, that's all you got to say and you move on, right? We'll see where this goes, and Bob Kravitz is going to join us coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. I think Bowen was out there a little bit earlier, too. Kev's going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour. All right. I know this does not speak to everybody out there because not everybody out there like me is a struggling Reds fan. But if you are a Reds fan, and just beyond, just beyond the debut of last night, They're a fun team to watch. They have been a fun team to watch. I mean, last night was a big night because De La Cruz was introduced to Major League Baseball in a Reds uniform for the first time. Hit an absolute frozen rope and then took off like he was on fire. (laughs) I mean, he's got some skill. There's no doubt about it. But you know what? Beyond that, this Reds team's fun to watch. I wish they could surprise us all I don't gather they're gonna just because of the lack of pitching but their everyday lineup they trot out there's fun I was trying to come up with was trying to come up with a um, an example of what they might be like and certainly they've had a great deal of success and if not the best, they're one of the best in Major League Baseball. This group kind of reminds me of the early stage reboots that we often see with the Rays. And a bunch of guys without a lot of name recognition, but just go out there, kind of hang in, do some things late. Now, with, with the Rays, it was different because they had also some pitching mixed in with that. I'm just talking about, you know, the everyday lineup here. You know, like Fraley, McLean, India, Steer, Stevenson. You know, I brought up yesterday, Stuart Fairchild. You know, wherever they find a spot for Newman. These guys have been fun to watch. I don't think that they have a chance to make any postseason whatsoever, but... And I know what you're saying. Well, I mean, you went through the entire year with the Pacers saying, well, it was a enjoyable loss stuff. I'm sick and tired of that. And, and I am with the Reds too, but it looks like that they're on to something here. Maybe this is somewhat reminiscent of the Pacers. Hey, look what we got growing up. And then surround yourself by one guy that looks like that he is and could definitely be legitimately a high-level Major League Baseball player and maybe squeeze something out of him before he becomes too expensive and the Reds cut him loose. But they're fun to watch. I mean, they're a hell of a lot more fun to watch than what you normally get. And again, I'm talking about the everyday lineup, which, yes, is everyday to a degree. But you know what I mean. Those names I just mentioned. So, we get a walk-off last night. Three runs in the bottom of the ninth inning was the difference in beating the Dodgers. I mean, the pitching kind of did what the pitching normally does. And this group hangs around. Chris Welsh has said this a number of times in doing Reds games. He says, I just like the way that they hang around. Kind of hang around and, you know, they're not going to hit you up with the long ball. But they're just going to put some bits and pieces of a run together. Yeah, get on base, give you a good at bat. They certainly do that. There is a long way to go because we're just talking talking about the everyday. The, the pitching staff is going to have to be something we talk about in those terms. But I thought last night was really fun. Really fun to watch the Reds, certainly on a Tuesday night. If you guys want to hit up some baseball, we certainly can. The Sycamores on their way to Fort Worth Five o'clock coming up on Friday's game number one against TCU, and I, I hope this all works out for their sake, for my sake, for all you Sycamore fans' sake out there, and because I would really like to see you know this cloud that that formed because they could have and they didn't host in Terre Haute this weekend. I hope that that doesn't play a role. Am I skeptical about it? Yes, because it is such a massively big deal. But I'll give it up to Indiana State. Indiana State with that rough start. At one point, they're what? 11-11 on the season. And basically, since mid to late February, actually late February through March and in April and into May, they have been on an absolute march. I just hope that dropping of the ball and not hosting, you know, not putting everything together and, you know, whatever. This is way too big a deal to pass up. We'll figure something out. You know, when you say, when you got all that going on too, and you say, well, we'll figure something out, even if there's a little bit of foobar in that, at least you're trying to figure it out. I think people will give you a break. Well, wait a minute. They really were taking on a lot here and they're trying to figure it out. That's much better than just going, Ah, you know what, I'm going to put my hands up and go ahead and defer because there's no way this is going to work. I just hope we don't have to double back and talk about that ever again. And We'll see what this Indiana State baseball team can do. The draft is two weeks and a day away. Got a couple of the names. uh, One being Walker. And um, in doing a workout earlier today, I want to get to that coming up a little bit later on as well. I, I have said this, I would like to see them draft at seven and then see if you can put something together someplace else and maybe find a working piece to your puzzle that's already done some things in the NBA. And I know you're asking for names right here. I'm sure it would be the usual suspects. Maybe they have other names that we certainly don't have. But I would like to see that. I kind of want to see, I guess what I'm looking for here is a little bit of proof that they believe like we believed in what we saw in December. That's kind of what I want to see. Meaning, all right. So while we did have to put this thing back together again, yeah, we are closer, and that's legit. So let's roll with it right now. So if it's you know like a Walker, for example, or if it's you know who else was in here today? Taylor Hendricks, I think, from Central Florida. Uh, the reason why I bring up Walker all the time, and all that's a, that's a common name, but the reason why I bring it up is because he he looks like, and I'm I'm looking for ready-made pieces. I'm not so much looking for these projects. I'm assuming Isaiah Jackson is still going to be a project. I'm assuming. I don't know if it's a project that's fallen out of favor. I don't know if Jalen Smith has fallen out of favor. Minutes-wise, at the end of the year, it kind of looked that way. But I'm not so much looking at a project. I want to see somebody that can give them time on the floor. It's not a negative. And Walker looks to me, again around 240, I think is what he is. He he kind of he looks like a dude that is ready to go in what they like to call that grown man's league right there. I mean, evidently he's not going to knock your socks off shooting the basketball, but he's going to be tough as nails. He played for Kelvin Sampson at Houston, so as much as everybody around here, I'm assuming, still dislikes Kelvin Sampson you got to play defense to play. And there's no doubt one of the, and probably more than one, but a significant missing piece to this team is anybody at all that can D up. Sometimes it almost looks like anybody at all that cares to D up. So we'll start right there. And we'll talk about that over the course of the afternoon. I mentioned Bob Kravitz will join us a little bit later on in the 4 o'clock hour. So will Kevin Bowen. Uh, Dave Lauk is the head coach of Ron Colley's softball team. They're going for their third consecutive state title. It's been an amazing run down there. And I talk about this all the time. The state of Indiana, especially this area, has been incredibly fortunate with great baseball and great softball, especially this spring. But this certainly is the first time and maybe the last time you ever see Two players that arguably in Rothrock and Clark of Ron Collie and Franklin, respectively, in softball and baseball, that are the two best players in the country. And not just in central Indiana, but from Johnson County. Now, Keegan goes to, to Ron Collie, and obviously Max goes to Franklin, but I think uh, Keegan's from Whiteland, so both from Johnson County. That's amazing to me. I mean, it, not, we're not talking about basketball here. That would be. To I mean, that'd be much less amazing because it's basketball. It's much more amazing because it's baseball and it's softball. It's a hell of a story. Dave Lox is going to join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. He's also the athletic director down there and a very good dude. And we shall talk about this team at length. A little high school will work in there, too. I got 50-cent tickets to give to you. Laughing Matters featuring Jeff Foxworthy over the course of the afternoon as well. Yeah, Connor Daly and Ed Carpenter. Parting ways. So no more Connor Daly at ECR. Now I know a lot of folks have suggested they saw that coming. I thought because you have the local dynamic that that was something that that people really cared about. I, that's probably overstated at times. And it's it really gets overstated when we're in the lead up to the 500. Because let's face it, I mean, you get the, the 500 and then you get everything else is so much of a sidebar. Seriously, everything else is so much of a sidebar. I mean, it's a fever pitch. You have that race. And I mentioned this earlier this week. As much as you like Detroit, as much as you like IndyCar, it, it just, there's, there's nothing that can compare. And the same held true for Texas when that followed up to 500. So that is such a big deal than everything else at times almost seems like an afterthought. So probably overblown, the local connection Just always wanted to see what Connor Daly could do. And you thought maybe you would see more with ECR and that evidently time wise has come and gone. So we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on as well. Stuff for you to win inside the lounge via YouTube Live. i got to thank everybody very much for getting in there. You guys have asked me if we're going to be on the road this week. We are not, but I have seen some dates coming up here in June where we are going to be on the road. One is going to be our next Tavern Tour stop. That is a couple of weeks away, but we're going to be at Irea's. What? What? I love me some IREAs. Once upon a time, I went to IREAs with the late, great Rick Majerus. He was, when I was at the other station, he was my college basketball analyst. And he was a damn good one. But you have seen nothing. You have seen nothing until you had dinner at IREAs with Rick Majerus. I mean, it is about as elite as you will ever see. Yeah, Majerus was such a good dude. He came on every week, was the college basketball analyst. Blake was born. So this is, you know, basically, what, 16, 17 years ago. Blake was born, and I get a package in the mail. He just sends all sorts of clothes. (laughs) He was a great guy. But holding court... And Iria's, and I know some of you around here, especially some of you that may be listening that have been involved in basketball for a long time around here had a similar experience. It's off the charts, it is. But Iria's the Tavern Tour stop coming up later on this month with Heaven Hill Distillery, and I cannot wait. All right, quick break and we shall return. Nuggets Heat, NBA Finals, game number three later on tonight. Man, the Heat are in a good spot. You know, I mentioned this to Ian Eagle yesterday. I think that I think that basketball fans need this Heat team more than they did the Big Three. Like the Big Big Three was like a foregone conclusion. Yeah, we're going to win one. We're going to win two. We're going to win three. You remember LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. But this is even better because there is a great mix in which I think that most of you out there. Even if you're not just this high-level NBA fan, you can get down with that. And it's not the same old, same old. The Miami's been there. Miami was in the finals in the bubble. And I don't like Miami. But I do like this team. I like their head coach a great deal. But I do like this team. And I think, as I told and Eagle this yesterday, I think this is kind of what we needed. I think we needed a bit of a mix-up. You know, moving around to the proverbial chairs this NBA offseason to make it more interesting, and to me, it's been just that. Man, the Heat can make it even more interesting if they hold court coming up later on tonight against the Nuggets. That's Game 3. 7.30 of Your coverage begins right here on The Fan. All right, James is over there. He's going to be getting new tattoos coming up on Friday. 8, 9, and 10. Are you getting three
3: all together? Uh, no, I'm just getting the big one on the board. I would be ground in your yeah. ass if I were your parents. <laughs> like you would not believe. Oh, I, w- I know. I bet you that they w- that they wish that they could right now. Oh, do, they, do your parents like them? They're not a huge fan of the tattoos.
2: Um, I, I seriously, there's not a lot of things. I, I don't consider myself being heavy-handed whatsoever as a father, but I, I did share with both Blake and Laney. I said, if I'm still breathing, you guys are not getting tattoos. Whatever that means. Although I guess I could still be breathing at some point and just have little recognition whatsoever. But I don't think they would blank with me like that. I said, no, no, no. You can do a lot of these other things and that's cool, but eh, no, no, no. don't do that. Eh, no, no. Not gonna look good. I mean you think it's gonna look good and then eh, eh. Not to suggest yours don't <laughs> It's James over there, everybody. Stuff to win. And Dave Lack, the head coach of Ron Colley's softball program, going for their third consecutive state title. Coach is going to join us on the other side. Kravitz and Bowen, too. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. The stream, the app, HD Radio. I know, I know. I'm a jo- What a jerk of a dad you are. That's just, the- you know what? I don't have a lot of rules, but that's just going to be one. The stream, the app, 93.5107.5. The fan Back with the day.
4: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. Wow. I don't know what to say. Come on, I guess, wow, I guess the only thing I can say...
2: I'll promise to keep rocking and rolling, making better films.
0: 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
2: Hey, welcome back. Greenwood Red said. <laughs> I wish I could share this story with everybody. Greenwood Red, this goes back to my years at the other station. So, how did dinner with Rick Majeris compare with IHM housing a chili omelet? Man, I hope at some point IHM is still out there. I just haven't heard from IHM in well over 10 years. IHM was on a message board that we had that developed so many haters. A lot of the local folks around here got mad at me and cried to me over it. I had nothing to do with it. In fact, they made fun of me more than they made fun of anybody else give you a great example. Chris Hagan didn't talk to me for a month because somebody took a picture of him taking a bite out of a steak. <laughs> and there have been other others around here that is certainly others not like Hagan. Hagan normally takes that in stride and has fun with it. It's just at that moment he didn't. But there have been others around here that you know act all tough and stuff and uh, you know, called me crying for me to take stuff down. I, I can't do anything with it. What are you going to do? But IHM's name on that message board was Internet Hate Machine, which I'm assuming comes from Nine Inch Nails and the album uh, Pretty Hate Machine. But there was a time, and this was, it is now whiskey business. Back then it was Sideline Sports Pub, and we were up in Pendleton that I had never seen anybody look quite like that eating multi meals that was legendary greenwood red and i'm glad you brought that up because that made me laugh well done matt writes this jmv have you had the new director of athletics luke basso on you you know i haven't because i think when he got that gig i was out maybe greg had him on here but i gotta do that luke is a good dude did you guys have him on i think we did i love basso basso's a good dude Basso's always cool because Basso like would, would talk in the day. would like to talk politics, but he knows that I don't jack with politics. Basso's a good dude. Basso, once upon a time, was at the Matt Taylor voice of the Colts at his bachelor party. I attended his bachelor party.
3: Yeah, we had him on with Greg. Basso's a good dude.
2: He's directing the athletics at IUPUI. I tell you what, Matt, you tell Basso to call in any time, We'll put him on here. He knows that. He's got my number. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. Speaking of director of athletics, that is one gig. Uh, His side gig, his side hustle with Ron Colley, however, is winning state titles with the softball team. Dave Lauk is the head coach of the Royals going for their third consecutive. He joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Not a bad side hustle you have down there on the south side, Dave. Uh, it's not too bad, J.M.B., not too bad. Man, especially when you get a group like that. I get to see that up close and personal, not from a softball standpoint, but from um, a responsibility, respectability standpoint, just being human beings. And I- I've never been more impressed with a group of kids than when I met, especially Keegan, when you know I met her at the Aurora event. I mean, it's just like it's another day, another student. There's just not a lot of fanfare. They're just going about your business and enjoying being a high schooler. That is so great to see.
5: Well, that's a great point you bring up, and that's something that I was going to bring up is it is a group of kids that um, have been fortunate uh, the last few years to just be high school kids and uh, high school student athletes and, you know, losing their freshman year, specifically to spring sport athletes. Uh, Losing that freshman year where they couldn't play, um, I think, helped uh, put a lot of things in perspective for them. And so um, this is a group coming through here that um, has enjoyed their high school experience and um, just been a lucky coach.
2: Uh, This had to have been incredibly enjoyable. And when you got into this, coaching them up, did you see this from this group? Did you see that path kind of planned out? Did you see it start to form, take shape, or were you just kind of sideswiped by this level of success and really high school-level professionalism from a great group of kids?
5: It wasn't really sideswiped. No, we knew – you know, we we, we hold camps in the summer and uh, when we can in the winter – and uh, for 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 younger kids, and so we kind of have an idea of what's coming up the pipeline. And then myself or any of our assistant coaches uh, can 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 follow them in the summertime and even in the fall if they're playing fall softball. Uh, so we we had a pretty good idea of this group coming through. And uh, knew it'd be pretty special. And it's it's we're we're pretty fortunate at school. A lot of kids do end up here at Roncalli High School, and um, they're they're very talented student athletes. And uh, but you know this group we knew was kind of on the radar going back when they were sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And we thought, man, if if they do all end up at Roncalli High School, this is going to be a fun run.
2: Yeah, and ultimately that happened. And there you go. Dave Lauk is the head coach of the Royals, and you guys get pen. Coming up with that 4A, 4A title, right?
5: Yeah, yeah, we do. And they, uh, they uh, put it to us pretty good in mid-April. Uh, we played them up in Carmel, and um, uh, we got off to a good start against them. But uh, from that good start, everything went pretty south from there. Uh, and, uh, that's a testament to their team and, and the talent level that they have. So, um, I, I would say that, you know, we played 34, 35 games and Penn is the best team we played in the regular season. So it's only, uh, it's, it's only right that we get to see them in a championship game and that's the way it should be.
2: Well, you play that lineup wise, pitching wise, all of the above in this game coming up this weekend will that be the, the same as is the one that you saw in that loss earlier in the year Dave
5: uh, the, uh, similar um, <clears throat> so when we played um, when we played them Keegan Rothrock had pitched earlier in that day and so and got a shutout against Tecumseh who's playing in the 1A state championship game very good team coached by uh, Gordon Wood down there and uh, and and she beat them and um, and she was kind of still on an inning limit. Um, and so we told her she wasn't going to pitch against Penn and that didn't go over well, but anyway, uh, um, wait,
2: wait, 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 hold on. I got to hear how this didn't go over well before you finish off this story. Coach, tell me a little <laughs> well, about
5: it. I mean, you know, it, it, you've gotten to know Keegan and yeah. she wanted the ball <laughs> yeah. and, uh, our team wants to win. They they're used to winning then. And, and we knew it'd be a good competitive game against Penn, but, um, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, we we uh, the coaching staff made a decision that we're not going to start her against Penn, and uh, and so we didn't. And our other pitchers did a great job doing the best they could uh, at the time. And, and again, we went up three zero on them in the first inning. And I thought, all right, we're gonna we'll be able to keep this going. Maybe score four, five, six runs. And the plan was to put Keegan back in in the fifth, sixth, or seventh inning, and and finish it off. But uh, to Penn's credit. They piled on some runs quickly uh, against us, and it just kind of got out of hand. So I was in the dugout kind of waving a white flag like, enough, we're done. Uh, we'll see you in the state championship.
2: Now, did you, did you handle that at the beginning of that matchup, knowing what could be the end of the season matchup? I knew that Penn would be
5: one of the two or three teams that would come out of the North, um, but that really didn't come into play. It was more about um, just the health and safety of Keegan. And she pitched a fantastic game just two or three hours prior to that, and that day. And, um, and we were just, we, we didn't know. We didn't know exactly what she'd be able to handle. We knew what she could handle because she did it multiple times as a sophomore and a, and a junior. Um, but coming off the injuries that she had, we weren't exactly sure, and we didn't want to push things too early and put her in a position to get hurt again, that would uh, be det- detrimental to her in May or June. And so it was it was intentional, and it was tough. Again, this group has not been used to losing, um, and I'm, I'm okay with him losing as a, as a head coach and a, and a and a person that's been around athletics my whole life. Losing is not always a bad thing. So. Um, we did – it was intentional. We're like – whether it was Penn or Ben Davis or whoever we were playing, um, that she wasn't going to throw in that game. And so um, – or at least at the beginning of the game. And uh, so we stuck with our plan. We lost. Passed off the pen, And uh, it's just kind of another good thing here for us motivationally uh, we lost to Avon earlier in the year. She didn't pitch the whole game. We turned around and beat them in the regional. She didn't pitch in the whole game against Penn. Uh, she didn't pitch at all against Penn. We lost to them. Now, so, so we're seeing them again. So it has added a little bit of motivational factor for us leading up to this game.
2: Oh, so, yeah, I got you right there. That's that's how you're working there. But at the moment, it's probably not great, you know, having to uh... – to face somebody that wants the ball and thinks you're making the the wrong decision as head coach, I'm assuming no. probably right there. That probably no. wasn't great. So, yeah.
5: No, it, but Keegan is a mature kid. Yeah. And uh, the experience that she has and the experiences that her and I have gone through over the last three years – uh, she knew in the back of her mind, I have to think that she knew in the back of her mind that it was it was for her safety and for her health, and uh, we'll move on, and uh, we're just ex- extremely fortunate now to be in the position we're in. Uh,
2: Dave Locks, the head coach of the uh, softball royals of Ron Colley going for their third state title 4A7P versus Penn uh that is coming up on on Saturday um certainly I, I don't know the rules on how often you can pitch you know your your star pitcher in this case what are those rules
5: um in softball you can you can pitch every game every inning um wow. there are no restrictions whatsoever so it's up to the coach it's up to the depth of the team up to matchups um, so unlike baseball, you know, I had a chance to, to, to meet with A.J. Zapp today, uh, whose son is at, at Center Grove, and they were getting a replay for a semi-state, and we were talking pitching matchups and all that stuff and how that could work out for, for baseball. Uh, so that was a cool conversation to have about uh, with, with A.J.
2: But I thought, uh, that, Did he try to sell you some gear as well at the same time? He to sell yeah, you some gear.
5: Yeah, yeah, he was late on a couple <laughs> orders, so uh, we got a couple some free, uh, some free gear from BSN and Nike. So
2: thanks, AJ. No, AJ's a good dude, man. Good dude. Good family right there. And obviously, yeah. uh, if his son's anything like like he was as a baseball player, that's solid
5: yeah yeah no, no. A j and I go way back and so um, but it, it was it was interesting that um yeah baseball has a whole different uh uh standards and rules and stuff on pitching innings and pitch counts as they should uh but softball has not adopted that yet, so you can ride your whole you know your number one pitcher uh, the whole time, and that's what we've done. Keegan's picked up uh five wins here in the uh in the tournament and and just been phenomenal.
2: So, Dave Lauke, the head coach of Ron Colley. All right, so um, I, I think I asked you this last year as well. I can't remember. Uh, Softball-wise, how long are you going to keep this thing going? You know, even past, when, once Keegan gets down to Gainesville, Florida and has a collegiate career, and obviously you're going to graduate some players. I know you have some also coming up, but how much longer you plan on doing it down there? Well, that's a good question. Because uh, you've got a son that's pretty good at football. And is going to be in a different state playing football at some point. Maybe already be there. That's Trevor Lack, who I'm talking about right now. Offensive lineman's going to Iowa. I just was kind of curious your thoughts on that moving forward.
5: Well, the funny thing there is uh, him and my wife are planning on going straight to Iowa City from West Lafayette. So uh, to move him in with uh, Leighton Jones, uh, the wrestling, uh, the football player and wrestling state champ from Brownsburg. They're going to be roommates. Uh, at, at Iowa, so that's pretty cool there, um, but they're planning on heading straight over to Iowa City from West Lafayette saving about three or four hours of driving uh, gets me out of moving him in um, cool, well done yeah, kind of cool j but uh but <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see how that all works We'll see how that all works out. But um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I love coaching. That's my passion. Um, I'm fortunate to be athletic director Ron Colley, too. Yep. Uh, um, But, uh, you know, my my, my passion is still coaching, and we do. We have a great group this year, and and, um, we have a great great group of underclassmen that uh, I would love to continue coaching.
2: Awesome. Well, keep it going. The best of luck to you coming up on Saturday as well until – Trevor, uh, the same thing for him as he heads up uh, to start working out and getting ready for uh, his football up in Iowa City with the Hawkeyes. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, man. You're, you're a great dude. I enjoy the time when we talk, when I see you over there. And, uh, you yeah, know, go out and make a little history coming up on Saturday night.
5: Well, that's the plan, Jamby. And uh, first thing tonight, we're going to Irea's, actually. Oh, there uh, you go. There you go. Yeah, team dinner. It's been a tradition here the last few years, and they treated us really well. So going to Iria's uh, tonight, and uh, you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna remind the girls no betting on the game. And, yes,
2: uh, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so, and, and tell Dom, uh, tell Dom we said hello over there too at IREA's, and go for the pasta primavera. Always awesome. Oh, yes,
5: sounds good to me, man. Sounds good to me. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten anything today. So. Well,
2: congratulations on all, all that's happened so far, and again, the best of luck to you coming up. And uh, how did you? What's Drikowski doing going to Florida? What the hell's happening there?
5: Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think he's being pulled, maybe by his wife a little bit, but I can't speak for sure on that one. Um, but uh, my gosh, if you had the opportunity, why wouldn't you?
2: Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I I mean. Yeah, I, I would, I would reserve the right to want to return, maybe. But no, I, uh, I understand what yeah. you're talking about there. So, no,
5: he's been, he's uh, been great. Yeah, he's been great. He's been, yeah. he's been great uh, putting over 20 years of coaching and teaching around Collie, and uh, I know you guys have been in touch. So I appreciate that. But yep. yeah, we're gonna. He's gonna be a big hole to fill there.
2: All right, we'll go get him. It's Penn and Ron Colley as the Royals go over their third straight coming up at 7 o'clock. That's on Saturday up in Lafayette, the girls' softball finals in for a Dave Laux, the head coach of the Royals, with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Best of luck, Dave. Stay in touch. Thanks, man. All right, take care, buddy. It's uh, Dave Lauk right there, the head coach down at Ron Colley. Good dude, too. Also the athletic director, as he mentioned. Quick break. We shall return. Top of the hour, Bob Kravitz, Kevin Bowen, and the 5 o'clock hour. Shane Steichen met with the media a little bit earlier today. What was said regarding the Isaiah Rogers situation, we shall revisit coming up next.
0: 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
2: Dave Lack, the head coach of the Roncalli Royals, going for their third consecutive against Penn, a team that's meeting them already once this year. Got a concert announcement coming up a little bit later on, right? That's right up all of our alleys, I'm sure, still to come. So stand by for that. Ah, BT says, Hey, bang on your equipment or jiggle the wire, stupid app is down. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, BT, because I could not log into my email in here just now. Wait a minute. Well, I better jump inside the lounge via YouTube Live and see if there's a little bit of bar happening. We can't have it. Anybody else? At JMV1070 on Twitter, send something to me right now. Are we experiencing bar with the equipment? Because we can't have it. Cannot have it. Damon Dobbs writes this, something positive for people who believe in numbers here. The definition, if ISU plays their game, then they will have a great weekend. Go trees. ISU holds opponents to 4.6 runs on away games, 3.3 at home. TCU holds opponents to five runs at home games, 5.7 away. There's a lot of inside the numbers stuff right there. Yeah, I hope so. I do. I, I just don't want what's transpired in the past couple of days to come back to haunt them any more than already what they've had to deal with. Hey, Jamie, I heard you talking the other day. Do you still need a shot in your shoulder? I do. Like you would not believe, I need like I need a Jacob DeGrom type of shot in my shoulder. Right? Seriously. I mean, I, it's got to be huge. I don't know what's happening here. I, it's just old man syndrome, I guess. I don't know. Old man still trying to do stuff that you did as a young man, but I mean, really, I'm 53. That's not old, is it?
3: Is 53 old, James? How old are you? I am 27. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like I, I don't feel like any different... Acting wise, I, but these aches and pains, I don't know what the heck's going on with my right shoulder here. But yes, to answer your question, and thank you for asking, a, a shot is definitely necessary. So if anybody's got anything, let me know. And I'm open for it. I'm up for it. Right, quick break. We shall return. I mentioned we have a concert announcement coming up. I'll get into that. Kevin Bowen of the five o'clock hour. We'll take some of your calls. FUBAR alert, just in case. Let's make sure the equipment is working here at JMV 1070. Let me know that. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, Bob Kravitz of The Athletic, Shane Steichen with the media. What exactly was said regarding the situation with Isaiah Rogers? Yeah, not much, but we'll dive into it with Bob Kravitz. Next. Next. The
0: Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
2: All right. Somebody is on the app right now. So let me know when this thing gets figured out, would you? You guys are the eyes and the ears of this institution. James, over there, I'm John. Thank you for joining us. Dave Locks, the head coach of Ron Colley. The Royals going for their third consecutive in girls softball. The best player in the country is Keegan Rothrock. And uh, obviously an incredible career that moves on to the SEC in Florida, collegiately speaking, but still unfinished business against the team coming up on Saturday in Lafayette that beat them back in April. That is PED. Uh, Dave Lauck, Podcast 107 at FyTheFan.com. Kevin Bowen in the 5 o'clock hour as well. Later on this week, I heard from Nick that Chris Welsh of the Reds television and radio networks is going to join us and talk about the Reds. And, you know, what has been an injection, don't laugh, of enthusiasm, if nothing else. They have been their every day. Squad has been fun to watch, even if the outcome. I know I'm very, very close to the entertaining loss crap that I hate, but they've been very entertaining. Let's go three in the ninth, walk it off in Cincinnati over the Dodgers. De La Cruz gets brought up, hits a frozen rope, goes for a double. Now, last night was a good night in Cincinnati, no doubt about that. You got NBA Game number three, the finals tonight with the Nuggets and the Heat. We'll dive back into that as well. But uh, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group pod line, we got to hustle up here because Bob's got to go at about 15 after this hour. From the athletic, Bob Kravitz is with us. So Where are we going here? What's, what's going to take were- precedent here at 15 after?
6: Oh, I, I just got to finish this column <laughs> about – well, about, let's help uh, right I here think. let's
2: let's put some words together i'll help yeah sure yeah. sure
6: yeah what, where, where are you right where are you I'll right go, now i'll go grab a beer you know
2: <laughs> where, where uh, are you right now with it
6: uh i'm about 800 words into it but i got about another 700 to go wow yeah, all
2: right so, so what, what are we talking about here isaiah rogers
6: yes absolutely and uh they're gonna throw the book at him yep, and there's no doubt and he deserves it he deserves it um you know, I understand that there's a certain uh, obvious hypocrisy in the fact that the NFL is uh, in bed with uh, all these gambling operations. You know, the Caesars Superdome, and, you know, you've got uh, the, the Manning clan uh, talking with J.B. Swoo. I mean, you can't go five minutes without, nope, you know, having an app, uh, one of these sportsbook apps thrown in your face, which is fine. But there's one rule, and, I, and I, I won't get into the whole Pete Rose thing, but there was one rule for Pete, and there's one rule for NFL players, and that is don't bet on your own sport. And, and if you bet on your own team, then you're opening an entirely new Pandora's box of, of potential problems. So... Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the NFL is in bed with gambling. The Athletic has a gambling uh, sports uh, wagering vertical. We have a business relationship with BetMGM. Everybody's into it because there's a lot of money in it. But there are certain things you cannot do as a professional football player. Just as an example, you know, marijuana is legal in X number of states, but if you're playing for the chicago bears or the denver broncos or you're working in a state where it's legal you still can't do it um or you're going to get popped on a drug screen so you know there are certain uh things that you have to give up um to 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 do this job and uh, i don't know what isaiah rogers is thinking but he clearly
2: wasn't. It's a Bob Kravitz of the athletic. He is the columnist for the athletic who is working feverishly right now to cobble feverishly. something together. It's on the Andy Moore automotive group hotline. I said this a little bit earlier. I'm just taking it from, from my point of view here uh, because I, I don't know what the hell is going on out there uh, and, and wires getting crossed and technology and what may or may not happen. I mean the life of a football player career wise in the NFL is short enough anyway so I wouldn't even blank with it bob I wouldn't blank with betting you know outside oh, no. where you can or any of it because you're going to have plenty of time to do that whenever your four and a half year career is complete
6: bro well, you look and the thing is it's not like they're being told you can't gamble you know if you are not in the facility or, you know, in the stadium or, you know, involved with the team, if you're just sitting at home or you're in a Starbucks and you want to bet on cricket, softball, and badminton, go right the hell ahead. There's nothing stopping you. And that, you know, so they're not being denied the opportunity to do what everybody else seems to do in this world. Um, They're only being asked because of the sanctity uh, of the game, the, the, you know, because you you, you can't well, uh, give because the, the integrity idea of the
2: game that. th- th- and that's Bob you you bring up a great point I mean that that's what's in jeopardy here if you get still you know still all these guys that get popped for this then you start wondering when the fan base is going to wonder about the integrity of the game Well, they already do they already do and, already and,
3: do. and, and that's and, that's mean,
2: problematic yeah. all the way around
6: absolutely it, it, you know the one thing that separates, you know, the, the pro sports from pro wrestling is it's not scripted. And, you know, it, it, the, the competitive, if you don't have competitive integrity, you've got nothing. And honestly, if it turns out that he was betting on his own team and God forbid, God forbid betting on them to lose, which would be a smart bet last year, um, then you've, you've got real troubles. Then, then, then you've got to go back and look at the film, Uh, of some of those unsightly losses at, you know, during the year, you know, how was he playing? Was he, was he playing hard? Was he giving full effort? I mean, this opens a whole Pandora's box and, you know, people say, well, you know, he bet on his own team to win. That makes, it doesn't really make a difference. You know, if there's one rule. Don't
2: bet on So pro- when he didn't bet on his own team to win, he didn't think they were going to win. I mean, there's so, so many different exactly ways right. to look at this, yeah.
6: That's exactly right. It's like with Pete Rose. You know, when Pete Rose did not bet his team to win, the Sharps, you know, the gambling guys, <laughs> right. they knew that he wasn't betting his team to win, so they figured there was a reason for him to lose, for, for them to lose, and they bet accordingly. And, you know, that, that that's... That's a a slippery slope,
5: man.
2: So, Bob Kravitz, who joins us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Um, So, basically, what we got today from Shane Steichen was a no comment, and then the players, when asked about it, I know a couple have been on a couple of different shows on this station yesterday and earlier today basically point to the education they are getting. So, you know, that's kind of the angle in which the Colts are taking until the investigation is complete, and then they can – I'm assuming cut loose um, after Isaiah Rogers is suspended again, reportedly of what he has done more than likely for a year. That's a guess. Is that, is that where we are with this right now? And is that what happened earlier today?
6: Well, I asked Syke and I said, look, you know, we were just out there and 34 wasn't out there. Uh, Will he be away from the team until this thing is adjudicated? And he, you know, he very nicely gave me a no comment and we're, we're not, We're not talking about that, which I understand. They're in an impossible position. Uh, They need to wait until this thing is adjudicated before they can make a move. But I think we've seen the last of Isaiah Rogers uh, in a Colts uniform, and it's quite possible we've seen the last of Isaiah Rogers in the uniform of any NFL team
2: yeah i i will believe that part when i see i mean if it if it is the worst of the worst here then i get you on that but um yeah. I, i'll believe that part when i see it it just kind of seems like you'll you'll figure it out if you feel that there's a spot for him after a year and somebody will end up finding a a spot for him It's a bob kravitz who joins us so what do you think the timetable is i'm assuming that was asked earlier today and i'm assuming the colts have no idea correct
6: they they don't. I mean, at least not. They're not sharing that publicly. My understanding is that the, the gaming commission here in Indiana is supposed to have a meeting uh, sometime later this week. Uh, we may get more information from that, but uh, right now it's all up in the air. But you look at the guys who've been suspended previously, and not you know they they you know some of them bet on other sports while they are in the facility which is forbidden, but not the worst thing in the world. Uh, but, you know, some of them bet on football. Well, here we got a guy who was betting on his own team. And that's that's really problematic. And so I, I have every reason to believe that they will and they should come down really hard on, on Isaiah Rogers. And please, uh, to, I, I, I ask people, spare me the – talk that well you know the NFL is in bed with with all these gambling uh places um you know you're 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 being asked to give up one thing don't bet on football it's really not that difficult
2: I mean it's just rules I mean we all have rules we have rules that we don't necessarily agree with don't we bob right oh absolutely is it, yeah you don't have to tell me <laughs> Buff <laughs> Kravitz on the yeah. On the Automotive Group Hotline. All right, I'm going to take you away, so you may have to recalibrate before I let you go here. We're two weeks and a day away from the NBA draft. Do you have any, mm-hmm. any sense of the idea, the path in which Kevin Pritchett and the Pacers will take with the myriad of selections they have, beginning with number 7 overall?
6: Yeah, I, I, I think Jarrace Walker, if he's available, is a guy they're going to look long and hard at. Uh, there's another, oh, Cam Whitmore, uh, another guy they're going to look long and hard at, and uh, Taylor Hendricks uh, from UCF, uh, who I think was in today or maybe tomorrow. Yeah, he and Walker both
2: were in at separate times today, Bob. Right, right. So
6: I think it's going to be one of those three guys, assuming they don't move up, and I think they're going to try really, really hard to move up, but I think that's going to be, it's going to be tough. I mean, you know, this is a very top-heavy draft, And if they get to three or four, look out. But I I think that would mean moving a lot of very, uh, uh, very good pieces, including miles, which I I know makes you. Come on now.
2: Come (laughs) on
6: now. No, I I don't. I would not. Look, I'm not going to rule out the possibility that he might get dealt.
2: Can you imagine the level of pissiness I I will be? I think you will. What? (laughs) The level of pissiness that I'm going to be if that happens. I know. know, I'm going to yell at everybody. Yeah.
6: <laughs> well, don't do that. You're supposed to be a pleasant human being. No, I, I just I still think there's that possibility. Yeah. Uh, if they can move up, you know, I mean, teams are not going to do it for nothing. And you know, who, who are they going to move Duarte? I mean, you know, you you, you you're going to need to include a miles in a deal like that. I'm not saying he will get dealt. I'm just saying that it's not beyond the sh- it's not beyond. Uh, possibility, uh, I don't think.
2: I'm I'm curious what you think, and then I'll cut you loose and and get back to write the rest of that column. Is do you think that they view this team right now with still going with the youth movement that they started with? And, you know, trying to maybe even look further down the road and, you know, making sure that they still have, you know, picks and leverage and all that. Or do you think that maybe with what they saw last year that they would put some of those assets that they created to good use and try to bring somebody in with already NBA type of experience, meaning, Bob, that they believe that they're yeah. closer than what they originally thought they were?
6: I, you know, I, I don't get a sense either way from them. I can tell you what I think they should do is stay on the on the young course. I think they should continue, uh, you know, gathering up assets. You know, to go, you know, use some of those assets to grab a guy who's a five, six-year veteran, I, I'm not sure what that does for them, but uh, I'm all about moving up in the draft. You know, uh, I, I do think there are, you know, if, if they do go the free agent route, they got plenty of money. So maybe there's somebody they can pick up there, but uh, I don't think they look at this and say we're going to be a playoff team next year. So let's let's uh, you know get it done right now and, and get get ourselves some veterans in here. I, I don't believe that.
2: Well, and while I certainly um, respect your opinion, I think that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I respect your opinion, but you're totally wrong. <laughs> well, I am so – I can't – you heard me when I brought you on talking about the Reds. And, hey, they're entertaining, but they're not always very good. I no. I am sick of the teams that I follow being described as that. Yeah, Yeah. I just I just think that you kind of you're like on uh, naked and afraid. You're you're trying to start a fire, and you created a fire. I think now you can do some different things and expedite this process without damaging the longer term future. That's just my thought.
6: You could. It's going to be. Look, this this is a very very important. We say this every year, but this is a really important off season for the Pacers because they do have the three first round picks. They got the high second round pick. Uh, They got. $25, $30 25 thirty million dollars in cap space uh, there's a lot they can do and I hope they do a lot I mean I, I hope this is a, a very active offseason you know now do I do I want them to go after a veteran uh, who maybe can help them now but won't be part of the program three four years from now probably not but you know if there's somebody a young player um, who has still has more of an upside? Hell yeah, I'd
2: I'd do it in a heartbeat. You write your own headlines for your columns?
6: I do not. I do not because I suck at that.
2: I thought. May, I mean, this this may be too harsh. I thought you might go with the. You bet. He's done with the Colts. No.
6: <laughs> I no. like that. Yeah, yeah. You, there, there. You know, if this radio thing doesn't work out.
2: You know. <laughs> no. Well, listen. There's not much more to fall back on here. Yeah, I don't. Own, I,
6: don't uh, I don't write my own heads. Uh, I'm just not very good at
2: them. All right, man. I'm gonna let you got 800 words to get this bad boy done. So get back to it. Get to work. All right, buddy. I will. It's uh, Bob I'll Kravitz right there, the athletic on the Eddie Moore Automotive Group hotline. Get back to work. I seriously. I am tired of the entertaining losses, assets. I, I don't know how much deeper I can go with, hey, this is for a first-rounder in 2027 type of stuff. Is that fair to say? And listen, I understand some of the pitfalls we're talking about. In particular, i use this as an example with Buddy Heald. I like Buddy Heald a great deal. I think Buddy Heald has a quality. Buddy Heald has an asset that won't fade and that is shooting ability that is widely embraced and should be because he could knock him down and three is better than two at a high volume pace the other thing that he does is he messes with everybody he's got to be tagged when he's out there somebody's got to know where he is at all times that makes other guys better but I do understand at the height of getting something in return, and then the rest of the game kind of slowly dissipating. I understand too. I bring up defense all the time, and I think about Buddy. Buddy can't guard you. But man, in the NBA or really in any game, did somebody just bring that to me? You're kidding me. Well, thank you, Stephen appreciate that. Somebody just from uh, Ocean Air brought us food right here. You guys see that inside the lounge via YouTube Live? Yeah, you guys are all going to giggle right now because I was just interrupted by food. The Ocean Air. I love seafood, by the way, too. What do you think, James? You a big seafood guy? It depends. Shout out to the Ocean Air. What's your favorite
3: seafood? So I'm pretty big on sushi, but it has to be fresh. No sushi. I don't know what's in there.
2: Well, everybody knows I'm a scallop dude right here. Thank you, Ocean Air, for bringing this over here. Thank you, Stephen, for bringing it up here on uh, floor number six. Where was I, by the way? Food has distracted me for a moment. Um, yeah, I understand the Pacers and where they are defensively, and what I talk about all the time. And again, Buddy Hill's not going to be able to guard anybody anytime soon. It's not like he's going to raise his level of defensive prowess. He just kind of—I hate this term—he is what he is. But also, what he is is he is a deep threat. Of which is of high value, and I'm hard pressed to believe that this team is going to be that much better without that. And with the whole Miles thing, somebody's just got to tell me where where they're going to go, who's it going to be with. I mean, when when they drafted Isaiah Jackson, I mean, it, even people that I work with here, you know, got these sports arousals. Oh, this guy is a pogo stick, and he's going to be great. Now Miles is expendable. And then uh, luckily for me, I got to shove that up everybody's rear end this year. That was great. Don't you think you can kind of, what do they say? Can't you have your cake and eat it too? Can't you do a little bit right now? I tried to explain that to Chad Buchanan. I couldn't tell if he was joking around with me. Because he had said, he had mentioned both 23-24 and 24-25. And that's when I said, oh, hold on a minute. I'm talking about 23-24 right here. Because I'm sorry, that's my expectation. And we have seen a lot transpire in this postseason. Miami is a team that lost the first game of a play-in. And I know that they have one of the preeminent postseason players of a generation in Jimmy Butler right now. But there have been a lot of instances where somebody else has gotten the job done. Somebody else has helped out in that capacity. They lost their first play-in game at home. I just don't necessarily think with this Pacer group, and I, I don't know, Bob Bob must believe he's going to live until he's about 125, and I hope that he is. I hope that we all do. But I'm sorry. I, I kind of want to give this thing up and expedite the process as quickly as possible. I, I just don't know if, you know, playing the role of, well, we've got all these first rounders and we can't put them all on the roster right now, so, you know, we'll trade them for future first rounders. Like first round pick somewhere in the twenty twenty seven draft does absolutely zero for me because I'm sick of sitting around and talking about these teams being entertaining while also losing. At some point, let's put this product to good use and go for it. There are plenty of examples out there. Why can't why, why can't this team be one of them? Why can't this organization be one of them? A quick break and we shall return. If you guys want to go ahead and jump on board, you certainly can. So, have we fixed the uh, whole app situation here? What do we know? BT, Nicholas, do we still have FUBAR lurking here or are we all good right now? The stream, the app. I've got to get inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I have been a little bit tardy as far as that's concerned. My bad. But... Hopefully the app is working much better right now. I have a concert announcement coming up for you. Just a couple of minutes. Sit tight for that. Jeff Foxworthy tickets for Laughing Matters and 50 Cent tickets coming up as well. That's going to be a fantastic show. We'll give you a chance to win those tickets coming up a little bit later on. Bowen's going to join us at the 5 o'clock hour. Shane Steichen met with the media a little bit earlier today. Basically a no comment regarding Isaiah Rogers' as uh, OTAs and the meetings with the media took place a little bit earlier today out on West 56th Street. We'll talk about that and more with Kevin Bowen again. Game three of the NBA Finals, Nuggets and Heat tied at a game apiece and that best of seven is later on tonight. 7.30, your coverage begins right here. Uh, Racing-wise, too, before the break, Connor Daly out with Ed Carpenter Racing and what on the surface would seem like a perfect relationship um local dude local dude local dude's team uh apparently wasn't so so connor daly unfortunately is out with ed and ed carpenter racing all right 239 1070 we'll get your calls coming up on the other side inside the lounge via youtube live at 93.5 and 107 Find the fan
4: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The ride with JMV. Let me have a Diablo sandwich of Dr. Pepper. Make it fast. I'm in a damn hurry. 935 and
2: 1075. The fan. Now oh, you better crank it up here for me. The Quiet Storm. With JMV, just announced, and this is going to be spectacular. Keith Sweat performing at the Indiana State Fairgrounds, Wednesday, August the second. Oh, Keith Sweat! That right there. There's a so what is that? 1988, right there. that will get some he and she and going. Wednesday, August the 2nd, Keith Sweat, and Keith Sweat actually was with New Edition and Guy going back to March, and uh, Mike Wells. I went, well, that was awesome. I cannot wait. I love Keith Sweat. Little New Jack swing. He got out there and uh, did a couple of things with Teddy Riley. And then he went backstage and like disappeared for like 10 minutes. That's really sweet. I like that. Can you imagine being so cool? I'm going to go backstage and disappear for about 10 minutes. Keith Sweat, August the 2nd, performing live at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. And I'm assuming we will be giving away tickets for that. That is right up my alley. Again, August the 2nd, Indiana State Fairgrounds. That's on a Wednesday. We can all go to that together. But make it last forever is my favorite right there. Key sweat. Hey, quick shout out too. Thank you to the Ocean Air who uh, I don't know what it is yet. I haven't uh, gotten into the bag, but I'm a big seafood person. And Ocean Air surprisingly and awesomely brought in some food for us today. You Guys know me very well as Mister Scallop big scallop guy right here oyster oysters oysters supposedly make you a little bit more potent have you heard that i have heard that i should be like eating 25 oysters every day (laughs) wait a minute i should go to the next break where's john going yeah i think he's gonna go ahead and down a couple of oysters uh, but they have everything on their menu. The Ocean Air is downtown, by the way. Fresh seafood flown in daily. And just a spectacular menu. Thanks again for those that had uh, dropped that off to Stephen and Stephen bringing that up here. That's really awesome. Uh, awesome of you guys from Ocean Air. Bob Kravitz of The Athletic a little bit earlier. That podcast, 107 thefancom Bob seemed like the... Go ahead and continue to create assets, youth movement, pacer guy. I just think that you can do both here. And I don't see what's wrong with doing both here. You guys dig? I think you can do both. Now, I know that you want to make sure you stay out of any sort of salary purgatory. But, I mean, you you, you make all these moves and you get lauded for making these moves and... You know, got the salary cap space, and you've got this the elite level player that everybody's going to want to play with. They, those to utilize those assets now, and I know this is a different story, and I know that they've had success. And again, that would be a level of success everybody around here would absolutely embrace. But man, Philly's been on that process forever. I don't see that there's anything wrong. I'm not suggesting you you take whatever. You know, you say, I got to do this, and this is the deal. But what I'm saying is, I think you should, and hopefully they are staying open to the idea. Uh, Bob Kravitz podcast, 1075 com. JMV, the Central Indiana Orthopedics, use ultrasound to find the spot and inject it. I'll be honest with you, Brian, I don't even need that because I've just done it here on the air before. Just bring a needle and stick it in my arm. And while you're at it, bring another one and stick it in my knee. (laughs) We We don't need. And while that's great technology with the ultrasound to find the spot, I don't care where you stick it. Seriously, just stick it. Just do it. Brian said, I had both shoulders and a hip done over a year ago and haven't been back. Just turned 60. Yeah, I'm feeling the effects. We played until about 11 o'clock last night. I just can't lift my arm today. See, if you guys are watching on YouTube live, it's like it's okay with this, but it's not okay with this. Right. I don't know if I could throw a baseball right now. I know that was a really bad Jacob deGrom joke. That's my bad. That's no good. I don't know if I could throw a baseball, football, Nerf ball, anything right now. All right, three nine ten seventy is the number. Let's get Matthew from the state of Maine. Hopefully, the app is working right now, Matthew. That's how you're dialed in, correct? Hey,
7: JMV.
8: Now, I'm on YouTube. The okay. It's on air. The app never works here.
2: Oh, really? Is that where you are? It, why doesn't it work? Because you don't. Do you guys not have great Wi-Fi where you are?
8: No, we we do now in, in a post-COVID world because they've upgraded our, our Internet
7: capabilities quite a lot. But the app can be sketchy. If I'm at my house like I am now or at one of my jobs and I connect to Wi-Fi, it's fine. I walk five feet outside and it's just an error message that I can never get back.
2: Ah, to show. I got you. All right, Tim. At least you're online with us inside the lounge via YouTube Live. That's good. Oh, always. It's my little playground in there. What do you got, Matthew? All
7: right. Well, I heard the seafood talk, which is you know a bat signal for me. So I thought I'd slide in and tell you, should Indiana State make it all the way to Omaha?
6: Uh-huh.
7: I don't know. Should I send you lobster?
2: Yes, you should. You should do it for what they've accomplished already. Because I'm a big time lobster person. Yes. 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 And yes. That is right at the top five. Top five of seafood lobsters up there. Scallops, lobster, halibut, all right there. Yeah, as it should be. Yes, no doubt. Well, thank you very much. I I wonder if Indiana State were to make it to Omaha, and I don't want to put myself necessarily in this position, but I'm kind of thinking I need to go. You know what I mean? Don't I need to go? Don't I need to do a show out there? Something like that? Oh, absolutely. That's what I was thinking. So. Anyway, all that is on the line, Matthew. But, yes, lobster, if they make Omaha, absolutely. I'll be ready. All right. I'll get it done. Thank you, Matthew and Maine. I appreciate you watching and listening via YouTube Live. John Stewart writes this, and you guys know this right now because you're in it. John is absolutely right. I thought about it on my way in. This city, driving-wise, is complete and utter foobar. John says driving in the city of Indianapolis has officially become impossible. I'm telling you, coming up from the south side because you get to that construction mess. And I come up, um, I come up bluff. It is packed and ridiculous. I mean, semis going up roads that, you know, barely you can get a sedan up most of the time, too. You get roads. They still have that that road closed at Meridian, so that's cut off, and you don't want to go over to Harding because that's a big mess. And I, most of the time on Bluff beneath Raymond Street, there's a train that just kind of sits there for whatever reason. Casey Jones, can you get your ass out there and get the train out of the way, please? Come on. So, yeah, you're officially right, John. And believe me, I'm all for the upgrades, but... It is, right now, impossible to drive around. I'm just talking about the south side. It is impossible to drive around. Uh, This is from Kirk, JMV. If we aren't at least a playoff team this season in this youth movement, then we have the wrong youth in this movement. We need difference-making youth, not just youth. I I do think this, Kirk, and that's what I would be – Afraid of you get on a treadmill of this and hey assets and flexibility and look what we have. And, you know, you're always the up and comer until you no longer are. So that's just my thought. And and Tyrese Halliburton seems like a dude that would like to go ahead and much like me expedite the winning, the level of winning in the now. There's no doubt you want the future to be great, but also get that thing kicking in the now. completely agree jmv if i ever win a backyard barbecue i'm going to put some more lobster tails on for that looks awesome right there i'll be eating the crap out of that thank you reggie there's like one two what is that like 10 lobster tail there it's well done it's from jason so i go to omaha a few times right including the last season of the old stadium and the first of the new i'm assuming it's still there but the old mattress factory is a bar that has a claw machine that you can catch a live lobster that's excellent <laughs> and they'll cook it for you i spent six dollars and had two that's excellent it makes me feel bad. I don't I don't really want to see how these guys go down and end up on your plate. That's pretty awesome though. No, I am right there with you. I kind of feel like Omaha, if Indiana State does go, I feel like I need to I'm as a supportive alumni as anybody out there. I, I kind of need to go. Game three, the NBA Finals later on tonight, Nuggets in the Heat. I can't stand the Heat, but honestly, they have been an absolute joy to watch. And this postseason has been fantastic. As we talked about with Ian Eagle yesterday, I think that this Heat team is more important than even the big three Heat team. I mean, this is a group of dudes that you do it. And like everything, everything is considered a reason why you win. Not just Jimmy Buckets, not just Eric Spolstra. Uh, not just Bam. There are so many different ways. You know, it's not just LeBron or Bosh or Wade. Uh, this has been a great team to watch. Uh, Aaron is next at 239-1070. Aaron, hello. Hey, John. What are you hey, up to, Aaron?
7: Man, you, you feeling this way now? I just turned 58 on Saturday, man. And if you go this way now, Jerry, you ain't got a chance, when you get tonight. Yeah, we'll see
2: if they. Le- we'll forget it. Hey, a few, <laughs> a few takes. Well, if, if they, course. if they legalize something, by the time not only will I farm it, but I may be a client. But go ahead. Uh,
7: between you, and you I'm about to take an oxy ten right
2: am, now. I'm just talking about me. I'm just talking about me. Go, go ahead. Check
7: this out. Bob's yes. gonna be crying about how bad they are. Leave leave him alone. If he was a malcontent last year, I could see trying to get rid of him, but he did pretty good. Let this team build organically. You got something good going here. Leave it alone. Just go on and draft, trade the uh, two top, I mean, those two lower number ones for a veteran. Try to draft that young fella out of Connecticut. I mean, UConn has just won the championship. He gets some rebounds. They don't need no more scoring. They need a defensive player. Well, I like that. I
2: like that Walker out of Houston, uh, Jarrase Walker, because to me he looks like he has the build, the bod, to be able to help them out right now. He's big. He's strong. And with Kelvin Sampson, as much as people may not like him, he's he's been playing defense, man. There's no doubt.
7: I got a prediction for you. Okay. Because remember, Union Station had all the business, and then when they opened up the mall, they squeezed all the business out of there. I do. So they're going to uh, to the mall. Yep. Well, they're going to do the same thing, for this is um new arena they built, and for the seven people going to show up to every soccer game. Now, the Pacers and the Colts are uh, named at the horses, Correct. Are the are the indie, uh, soccer team named the Indy 11 because that's how many people going to show up to each game? Oh,
2: man, Aaron, you're not going to make any soccer friends on this show this afternoon, and man. Isaiah
7: Rogers, Isaiah Rogers, I already asked uh, Chris Ballard, I don't think he learned his lesson, John, because he asked what are the odds of him getting back on the team.
2: Oh, Isaiah Rod and i get to hit a break here, but thank you. Isaiah Rogers will never be back on this team. He was going to get a one-year. He had a one-year where he was estimated to make $2.3 million. He's not going to see that. And if all of this, report-wise, is true, if that's what their findings are in this investigation, he's going to get a year long, and his time will have come and gone here. I'm not, listen, I'm not mad at the guy. I just, for the life of me, don't understand. I don't understand that more than why I would question the overall hypocrisy of the NFL and the whole betting thing anyway. Again, there are a lot of rules out there that we don't like. A lot of rules that you don't dig. I'm right there with you, but we got to follow them. If those that employ us say you got to follow this rule, then you got to follow this rule. That's just the way that it is. All right, quick break, and we shall return. Tony talks sycamores on the other side. That's a hell of a subject right here. Uh, Both Walker and Hendricks in for a workout with the Pacers at uh, different times, but both in a little bit earlier today. You know, I mentioned Walker. That's who I ultimately think is going to be at number 7. And I know a lot of you are thinking, well why I may mean, Hendricks has a higher ceiling I don't know higher ceiling whatever Walker looks like a dude that can help right away and can help and play a little bit of defense which if this Pacer team is looking for help in that capacity, that is a direction in which I think we all understand they need to go other side your calls your chance to win just Foxworthy tickets for Laughing Matters. I've got 50 cent tickets coming up for you as well it's 935107. five Find the fan
4: whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this.
2: And totally redeem yourself. (laughs)
0: 93.5 and 107.5. The
2: Fan. It's a Bob Kravitz a little bit earlier. The podcast 107.5. The com. I get a shout out to Ocean Air. Thanks for bringing stuff in. James is over there. I'm John. Dave Lauk is the head coach of Ron Kiley, the girls' softball program, going for their third consecutive state title this weekend in Lafayette. The 4A final matches the Royals against Penn. Penn, by the way, beat them back in April. 7 o'clock up in Lafayette coming up on Saturday. Uh, the best of luck to Dave. Uh, Keegan Rothrock and the Ron Connolly Royals. We did have sad news today. And this was at a time in which I was fully paying attention to wrestling. And there was that crossover because I grew up much like a lot of you, especially you Generation Xers out there, grew up with the the wrestling that to us was local. It's certainly regional, but it was local to us. Dick De Bruiser, Bobo Brazil. Electric Steve Regal. Spike Huber. I grew up with that. Always on Channel 4. Most of the time on a Saturday. Oftentimes, coming to you live from the Tyndall Armory. But man, it was great to watch. I mean, that I, I enjoyed it. I mean, we could easily be entertained back then. But, you know, everybody's favorite wrestler was Dick the Bruiser, And then you made that transition i'm assuming around 1982 it's when hulk hogan had that role in rocky three as Thunderlips, and then wrestling went to a different level and we started watching the wwf if you could find it and then the wwf around 1985 i think it was with the Saturday night main event became incredibly mainstream, and we really started to enjoy a lot of the wrestlers and their personalities. I actually went to a, a main event that was taped down at Market Square Arena. And I think that was – I want to say that that was in the summer of 85. Somebody may have to look that up if he can find it. Summer of 85, it's a Saturday night main event that was held at Market Square Arena. And it, this may be easy to find because I believe the character – Adorable Adrian Adonis was wrestling, if you remember that. But when I was, was growing up and watching this, one of the more enjoyable tag teams would be Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. And, of course, that those characters were, were taken straight off the pages of, you know, you know what went down with uh, the hostage crisis in the late 70s with Iran and – and then ultimately, the Cold War with the Soviet Union. I mean, it's fresh off the page, and the Iron Sheik was right there at the top of the list. One of the more enjoyable to watch. And if you're thinking of, if you're thinking of five wrestlers all time, I would bet the Iron Sheik. And also because there was a Twitter account that was directed you know, supposed to be from him that gained a lot of notoriety. It was a rebirth of sorts in this particular era. But the Iron Sheik passed away earlier today. Uh, The Iron Sheik was 81. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I believe the Iron Sheik Was the heavyweight champion right before Hulk Hogan took over. And I believe the Iron Sheik, where there is a world of signature moves out there now. Wasn't the Iron Sheik's signature move the camel clutch? I believe. That would be correct. The camel clutch. Which would make you giggle a little bit if you think about it. But the Iron Sheik passed away today. Now, did you know you're 27
3: years old? Did you know of the Iron Sheik? Oh, yeah. I follow his Twitter account. Because it's funny, right? It's hilarious. It's not
2: his. It's not him. No, right? it, it was... it's
3: written in, in his voice. Yeah. Uh, but it is hilarious. He does not like Hulk Hogan. <laughs>
2: Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik beat Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo of the U.S. Express for the WWE then-WWF Tag Team Championships in the first WrestleMania back in 1985. Did you find any evidence of a Saturday night main event at Market Square Arena in 1985?
3: I found evidence of one in 1987. Was that it then? Maybe it it was 87. I didn't see anything about uh, Iron Sheik. I saw... um... Oh, who was it? I think uh, Hulk Hogan. Andre beat Hulk Hogan. Um, Someone beat the Honky Tonk. I think Macho Man beat the Honky Tonk Man or something. I I
2: just think maybe it wasn't a Saturday Night Made event here then, but it it had to be 85. It was before I had a license. Or before I legally drove. um, Before I had a license. Uh, The Iron Sheik passed away today. And for those of you that grew up much like me, Uh, You have a vivid memory of his wrestling greatness. He's one of the greatest to ever entertain in that form of wrestling. No doubt. RIP to the Iron Sheik. Quick break. We shall return. Kevin Bowen's going to join us for the morning show coming up on the other side. Shane Steichen met with the media. Didn't say too much whatsoever, but Kev can recap coming up on the other side. Game three of the NBA Finals tonight as well. That and more coming at you and your chance to win. By the way, number nine at 239-1070 right now. If you want to go see, you want to go check out, Jeff Foxworthy, Laughing Matters, number 9 at 239-1070. You will get those tickets. I tell you what, Tony, you wait on hold because I want to get to your Sycamore comment. We'll get Tony on the other side before we get to Kevin. ninety three five one zero seven five. the fan.
4: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. It's Jenny. Don't. Oh. David Letterman. Hi, David. I'm Grandpa. Don't. Oh. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
2: Kevin Bowen joins us in just a second. Evidently, he talked about his acne. I'm going to lead with that. It's going to be the first time we've ever led with a guest uh, regarding... A morning conversation about his acne, Kevin Bowen. In just a second, Tony talks sycamores before Bowen comes on here and talks about zits. How you doing, Tony?
6: Good, John. Hey, uh, before I forget, Bill yeah. said that boy band review tickets will be. A- we'll call for you.
2: Well, when is this happening?
6: <laughs> Tomorrow night or Saturday night?
2: Saturday. Saturday night, boy band, huh? Does he want me to oh, get yeah. up there and sing tearing up my heart like I'm in sync?
6: I probably would do uh, do some good.
2: Tearing up my right. heart went Larger than life I can do all that stuff If you guys need me
1: <laughs> Hey Camel Clutch Almost forgot what I called for
6: That is
2: Bill hey. Richardson Of Mallow Run Winery By the way With your entertainment Boy band action Coming up on Saturday night Right there So uh, As long as you love me I can do that I can do it all Right there Any boy band you guys Color me bad Do a little I want to sex you up Back there Oh yeah All that Tony What do you got buddy Okay, I watched Channel 10 News
6: last night in Carahle, and I watched the athletic directors press conference.
2: Right, somebody lying. <laughs> well, I I think that I think it was a uh, a bad decision. I think that that the president probably uh, President Curtis she could probably take a little bit more ownership of it, but in this case, it uh, sounded to me like Sherrod basically fell on the entirety of the sword.
6: Yeah, because they interviewed the mayor,
1: and the mayor said he didn't talk to
2: anybody. No, no, it's it's. It, it, I mean, in as much as I love them, and as much as that regional Tony worked out, this whole thing sounds as small town as people describe Terre Haute and sometimes Indiana State to be, and you just don't want it to come across like that. You don't. Yeah. Well, if they make it there, John, I'll drive if you buy you got oh yeah no <laughs> doubt about that all right tell bill tell bill that if he needs me a little bit of backup oh, so we can do okay. that on saturday thanks buddy all right, all right buddy So uh, bill richardson out Mallow run meantime on the andy moore automotive group hotline heavy discussion on his uh prepubescent acne back in the day saw so Kevin Bowen in the morning show the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So what? Why did you guys start talking about your acne? Why? What happened?
8: Yeah, I um, I feel like the Miami Heat reminds me of my uh, acne back at Clay Junior High.
2: The Miami Heat reminds you of your acne. Okay. Mm-hmm. Further explanation way, necessary. You no,
8: know, I've, I've 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 popped the pimples. I've, I've thrown a little cream on it. I feel like I've I've done what I've needed to do, and then uh-huh. boom. Up the next day at school, and Jenny Smith isn't talking to me because that good old zit just won't go away. That's See. the heat. That's the heat to me, John.
2: So, are you know, you're thinking will well, will the will the Nuggets be a uh, very wet StrideX pad for the Heat tonight? <laughs> what do you think?
8: <laughs> well, uh, that's that's a great question. Um, I don't. I'm like shocked how up in the air I am on the direction of this game. I'm. Not, I thought Denver in five at the start of the series. But I don't know, something about game two, something about just Miami's undrafted dudes doing it again away from home. It's not even like Jimmy Butler had 38 or 42 in game two. We haven't even gotten like crazy Butler moments just yet. You got to think that will happen for a game or two. So, yeah, for some reason, that just kind of popped into my head. Did you you have
2: any acne issues back in the day? Um, I, you know what? If I if I had issues with it, I I don't know. I I use SeaBreeze sometimes. You ever use SeaBreeze?
8: Oh, can't say I
2: have. Yeah, it's it's about like if you were to um, if your dad let's just say had a bottle of Everclear hidden someplace and you uh, grabbed it and you put it on your face, that's the equivalent. Because <laughs> it, 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 it would get rid of the zit, but would also burn a hole in your face. So, yes. <laughs> well, sometimes you got to get
8: the job done, no matter what the ramifications Let me tell you this,
2: Kev, we are talking to a number of folks out there that are nodding their head in agreement, knowing that they also use their mom's sea breeze to remove a pesky blemish back in the day this is true sea breeze
8: it is good to know that when Max becomes a teenager and uh, if those things start popping up we've got the best remedy possible it sounds like
2: sea breeze I don't even know if they make sea breeze anymore but I feel like I've seen it yeah I mean it uh, I mean it could be again ever clear lighter fluid very close proximity (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right there. Everclear. Yeah, that was probably my next best option with it. You couldn't. i tell you what. There's like, and back in the 80s when you would use Everclear, some of these dudes would also be heavy cigarette smokers. And you got to make sure you, you kept, you know, your lighter away from your recently sea breeze face because that's problematic.
8: Yeah, that 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 sounds like a coke lot accident waiting to
2: happen right there. So Kevin Bowen in the morning show, seven until ten a.m. He and Jay Query, weekday mornings here on the fan. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So we got what we basically thought we were going to get from Shane Steichen. I, I can't imagine that any head coach, new or not, wants to deal with this story. And at the same time, I can't imagine anybody not wanting to deal with it as much as Shane Steichen might. <laughs>
8: Yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah, he, he probably looks like me. You know, he probably sounded like me today with a bunch of pimples on my face trying to talk to girls back in the day. Um, yeah, he wanted no part of it. I mean, hell, Zaire Franklin with us on Tuesday was much more expansive than Shane was today. I, I understand there's an element of you let it play out and there's probably the NFLPA listening closely to it, but I honestly thought whether it was Zaire Franklin with us, whether it was EJ Speed right after Shane Steichen and talked today, I thought they were a little bit more I guess candid would be the right word or, or expanded on it a little bit. I get there are certainly some questions. Yeah, and,
2: and they, I they took the angle. Answer. Kevin, I, I, you can finish off. I, I wanted to add this because I want you to play off of this before you get to the end of what you're saying Here is They clearly took the angle of, well, we're being well-educated about it. And that's, that's how they ended up answering your question. I thought, you know, Zaire did a great job in doing it. I thought Alec Pierce with Greg a little bit earlier today did a great job in doing it. That's how you answer a question on a subject you don't want to answer. And they went with the angle of, well, we're being educated and this is what happens, and that gives you, you know, the type of conversation that's necessary. That's probably why those guys were able to come on with you in a time in which an investigation is still ongoing.
8: Yeah, and I thought EJ Speed today might have been the most blunt about it all um you know he was very i thought honest about like yeah i i, I listen to the education of it and pretty much i'm just like what i got from it is don't gamble it's not worth it and i think ej speed is kind of like isaiah rogers in the you know came from a smaller school day three pick uh in speed's case he's a year older than rogers so just got to his second contract we talk about a ton at stake I mean, those two would kind of fall in a similar boat speed probably more so last year Rodgers certainly has that this year and I'll, I'll continue to speak in the present tense, I guess, until it becomes official. Cause I think he has played his last game in a Colts uniform, but uh, yeah, Shane won wanted zero part of it. I mean, frankly, I, I think whatever a ruling for the NFL happens, I think we need to hear from Chris Ballard. I mean, Ballard's the one that drafted Rodgers. Ballard's the one that this happened under his watch. I, I'm not acting like this was part of the culture issues for the Colts last season, but clearly there were some culture issues for the Colts. And again, that is under Ballard's watch. Shane Steichen got here, you know what, three months ago. So uh, I think for those reasons, when it comes to time for a little bit more clarity on the subject, I think we need to hear from Ballard.
2: No, I actually asked that of Steven Holder yesterday when he was on, I said, you know, would you expect Ballard to be out there? And my thought was this Kev I thought he would be more prepared to handle again those barrage of questions about this than all ball Shane Steichen would and clearly did not want to go in depth into it whatsoever today and yeah you're right I mean not only not only I think is he better built for answering those questions but honestly as the leader of this organization he should have no doubt
8: yeah. So again, we will probably get there eventually. I, I understand from an NFLPA standpoint and a let things play out standpoint that they want to be a little bit more reserved in it now. So I understand it. The questions were still asked today, and Shane, you know, certainly tiptoed around them as he wanted to. But there will be a time, potentially very soon, that it will have to be Chris Ballard uh, speaking to this because Shane Steichen. I mean, to be fair to Shane, this did not happen under his watch. You know, this happened last season. So. Uh, he's the face of the franchise right now in a media setting, but from a leadership standpoint and from a person that can better answer and should better answer, considering you know, this happened under his watch and he drafted this guy, it's got to be Ballard.
2: It's a Kevin Bowen who joins us, and I do certainly agree with that. And He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, by the way. I, I was thinking about it from, from this standpoint as well. You mentioned EJ Speed and what he said, and, and that's what I had initially said and I know that there are ways in which you can do it and it's okay with the NFL. It's within the rules, but like EJ speed said, I wouldn't blank with it. I would not mess with it because you've got, you know, these careers for NFL players are so short. Anyway, you got plenty of time to mess around with that afterwards. I mean, just don't do it now. And I think, the the definition of that is going to ultimately de- be especially here what you see out of Isaiah Rodgers. I mean, just don't you'll have plenty of time to do it later on. Just don't do it on any level. Just completely stay away from it.
8: Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, you know when you when you look at Rodgers, he's got two young kids. Um, if you look at where he's at contractually, you know this is the biggest year of his NFL life. He was due to make her again. He is due to make. You know, more than $2 million this season. He hadn't made a million in any of his first three seasons. Uh, that's on an annual basis. Um, and you know what? He's got a golden opportunity for serious playing time at a position with zero answers short-term and long-term. I mean, Kenny Moore's in a contract year. You know, from an age standpoint, Isaiah Rogers is in a much better position than, than Kenny Moore. And if he were to have a nice season, you know, he could have been looking at a three-year Five, six million dollar deal. I mean, you start to add that up. Two and a half million this year, you get into a contract that could be worth 15, 16 million, you know, over the next couple of years. I mean, that's generational wealth. Again, for a young dude that was a day three pick and a six rounder and uh, has two young kids and all of that, it's shocking to me. I I get that there's a bit of invincibility and bulletproof nature to probably all of us at a certain age. Um, I, I would venture to guess, particularly some younger guys that are uh, making that money for the first time in their lives and how probably any of us could say in in any of our lives, but clearly whether it's EJ speed or it was Alec Pierce or Zaire Franklin, I mean, obviously 98% of an NFL locker room can adhere to it. Um, And the fact that he was having someone, uh, I believe there was a different name on the account. He clearly knew he was in the wrong when we were at least doing that aspect to it. So, um, yeah, to me,
2: it's just a lot of stupidity. Do you hear much about how he ended up getting caught?
8: Uh, I did not. I, I assume, and again, this is probably something we can speak to a little bit more when there's a clearer picture. I assume there's some sort of geolocation in regards to placing bets at the team facility that indicate that. I, I don't know the degree the technology can go to, but, you know, I, I, if I'm not mistaken the gambling apps have to report something to the NFL if certain locations uh, place bets or if even certain numbers. Obviously, this would be some sort of you know, computer system that that, that reads this and yeah. issues those alerts. So I don't know if it was location, a.k.a. he placed bets at the team facility, or if it was his number associated with the account and you get flagged if you place a bet on an NFL game or on the Colts versus placing a bet on... Or maybe you you actually hit the wrong
2: button. Or maybe you actually hit the wrong button. And, uh, I mean, mean, there's so much. There's no way in the world, Kev, I'd mess with that. None in that situation. No, No. and
8: look, I mean, we all have vices and and what, but to jeopardize, you know, if you do the math, two-some million this year, golden opportunity to start, you know, 15 to 18 million coming up in the next three years. I mean, that was... Very realistic of him signing a second contract. I, I thought he again. I think he is a promising player. Um, he he's at a position that there is just zero definite zero, you know, locked in guys moving forward. Um, I, I would like to think twenty four year old me with you know a couple of young kids could see that the agent of him would educate him and seeing that. And if there was any temptation whatsoever, uh, you make sure those apps are. Uh, off the phone,
2: yeah, I'd be a mess. I'd have been a mess, so at that age there's there's no doubt
8: yeah I, i'm no. not I'm not acting like there would there would be temptations that I would have <laughs> you know thought about and 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 whatever dangled in, but you know again, I'm sure there's one of these on every NFL team, but there's fifty some dudes that aren't doing it, so you know, resist the urge, talk to them. Um, David Thornton's in that building. There are other avenues around. And, hell, if you are just uber, uber crazy about it, find the discreet button boy and have them push the buttons for you with their own phone and toss a Venmo at them a a couple of times a month if you're really that – that obsessed
2: with it. Hey Kev we have people boycotting nearly everything seemingly daily and I kind of giggle when I when I see it right because it's daily now. I'm boycotting this and boycotting that and you know those that uh, you know spoke regarding the cancel culture or those that are uh, involved in the cancel culture right now that being said I'm curious are you boycotting the PGA and golf for the foreseeable future or are you just going to move on?
8: Yeah I, I- no, I, I, I will not boycott. I, I will say that um, I feel a bit uneasy about it, um, knowing what the goal is out of the Saudis with all of this, and that there is certainly an element of sport washing with what the PGA Tour is doing. Um, you know, maybe I should just live a little bit more in reality and realize there's scandal in FIFA, and I watch the World Cup. There's scandal in the Olympics, and I watch the Olympics. Uh, I tend to think the Saudis' involved in 9/11. Um, I don't know. Maybe hits a little bit closer to home, and, and it just Really bothers me how all of this played out. Um, I think Jay Monahan is, you know, really kind of a soulless hypocrite and how he went about everything and how public he was involving the 9/11 families, and now to turn his back on that because a couple of zeros were tacked on or an extra comma was thrown in there, again just defines uh, soulless and defines being a hypocrite, and I think you can put both of those those together. Um, I am very, very curious, like, what all this looks like. I mean, when that press release was sent out yesterday, it was very vague. I mean, first off, it was a handshake agreement. Um, still have to be decided and voted upon by the PJ Tour policy board. I was texting with a guy who's on tour last night, and he was
2: like well, – Well, wait a minute. Who's this person who's on tour?
8: Well, I, I told him I would withhold his, ah. his, his name, but, but, but just wanted to get his honest thoughts on it and he was like yeah i I, i'm looking at this and i'm like i think it's good overall for the game of golf considering the cash flow coming into it but like is live done um where are the exact like details about what the tour is going to look like moving forward and then again like the policy board has got to vote on this like it's not necessarily an nd and who is controlling the policy board moving forward is it the Saudis, and they can put people on their board that they would like to be on their board, or will it be mostly PGA Tour members, which is how it has typically been in the past? So, I am just from a pure golf standpoint. You know, okay, are you going to have more team events? Is it going to be more of a global tour? Um, all, all of those things. But what I love loved about the PGA Tour is I think it's a meritocracy. I think guys like Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler. They all have had to earn their spot on the tour. And Scotty Scheffler was playing the version of AAA golf on the Corn Ferry, you know, buy.com tour is what it used to be called, web.com tour, just a couple of years ago. And he earned his way through that, got his PJ Tour card, and boom, now he's, you know, one of, if not the best player in the world. Whereas I look at Live Golf, and I tend to think that is just simply – um, the biggest booster of a college program saying, I'll give you 200 grand or I'll give you whatever, two 2.5 million. You've renamed the weight room for me, but also put my son on the team as a walk on. Or if Roger Penske all of a sudden said, Yeah, uh, the Ray Hall name uh, is so, whatever, prominent in this sport, Graham Ray Hall is going to be in every ndf for 500 for the next 25 years and never has to earn a spot. That's how I view live golf. I, I just don't think it's a true competition. And that, that kind of bothers me as a viewer of sport. Uh, so those are kind of my issues in, in, in two different categories. Again, morally, uh, there's probably an element. Like I can hear people that would say, get over it. Welcome to 2023 and how money works. And there's dirty money everywhere. Again, I tend to think it's really dirty money. And that does bother me. But from a competition standpoint, uh, and as someone that just loves sport and how the PGA Tour has kind of gone about things, I, I, I hated the model that live golf had.
2: So Kev yesterday, Ted Bishop was along with me, who was the 38th president of the PGA of America and suggested maybe, and again, you know, this as you mentioned, it was very vague yesterday. So, you know, I had everybody kind of you know, picking sides for good reason here. And those that were, were disappointed in the actions and, and Ted kind of mentioned, maybe, a long-term view of the PGA saw, you know, maybe a a financial plan for the future that would be going awry. You know, maybe, you know, they, they could not you know, continue to do what they were doing uh, with the present financial situations. And again, that was just kind of a guess. Do you have any guesses as to why other than just uh, kind of like Wall Street and Bud Fox to Gordon Gecko? How many yachts? Uh, is there for you to water ski behind when is enough enough? And as we always find out, it's never enough.
8: Yeah, I think Ted spot on there. I think it all came down to money. Um, and the analogy is probably poor considering the Saudis history, but I think it's a little bit of a, they have guns in the gunfight and the PJ tour had knives. And sooner or later, you just kept the cave to the bully. And that's what I think this happened. The money just got too sweet. And again, the Live, I think the Saudis realized that the Live Tour, like, it was poor from a rating standpoint. There were guys that didn't love playing on, on on that tour. They'd expressed that. Several members of their leadership team had been stepping down. They were losing lawsuits in court. You know, they were struggling in the actual product itself. Where they weren't struggling is where the PGA Tour is, again, quote-unquote struggling when you compare it to Live money. They had money. And the PJ Tour wants more of that money. And so that's why I think you're seeing this merger, and I say that in quotes happen, because, again, I still think we're so early in this. We are one lap into a 200-lap race in terms of what do the details look like and how does this all play out. I mean, Rory, McElroy today was, I thought, very vocal. I, I thought he did a really nice job laying it all out there. But he was pretty vocal in, like, you know, these guys that are coming back from live, I, I still think that there will be punishment for them. That's what Rory was saying. You can't pretend like you know nothing has happened and they harmed the tour and they brought litigation. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I'll believe that when I see it, that whatever, Dustin Johnson has to sit out for a year because he took that money, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I thought Rory ultimately just said, you know, this is kind of where – the world is and certainly where sport is where money just reigns and money doesn't talk, not undefeated, or excuse me, it doesn't talk. It, it doesn't win. It is undefeated. I mean, it, it, it's bigger than all of that. And I think bigger picture, John, I, I don't think we're necessarily there right now, but you know, if you were the owner of the, Oakland Athletics or the owner of – I mean, hell, if you're Roger Penske or if you are a not one of the NFL owners but an owner of a prominent sports league and or franchise, you had to be looking at yesterday's headline thinking, wow, like when are they going to call me and how am I going to react to that? Because I think it's only a matter of time before they continue to infiltrate or try to infiltrate you know, this hemisphere and professional sports and try to tap into – You know, getting a seat at the table with, you know, the the companies that the PGA Tour, for example, already has partnership with it. So, I mean, I I would think in the next five to ten years, probably not the NFL because it's such a fraternity of owners. But once that generation turns to the next generation, um, I I would think certainly Major League Baseball, I think, would have some sort of Saudi ownership push uh, in the next handful of years.
2: Yep. It's never, ever going to be enough, Kev. Never, ever going to be Enough. Have you seen this the the NBA expansion city odds? Have you seen those odds?
8: Ooh, no, I've no, I, I've not. I, I would guess Seattle would be high up there.
2: Uh, Las Vegas plus one fifty. Seattle plus two
8: fifty. Uh, where's Louisville?
2: Plus nine fifty. So basically, a close to ten percent chance. Can you imagine? Here's what surprises me. Yeah, you know, obviously is, is Louisville Vegas Louisville and Seattle make the cities? most. What's that?
8: Is Louisville third? Does it go in? in no, Vegas, Mexico Seattle City.
2: Went. Mexico City's plus six fifty. Got it. So hmm. here's what surprises me: Nashville's way down at plus twelve hundred, which basically is, you know, nearly eight percent opportunity. Now I know Vegas is first on the list for a reason. Seattle is right there too, uh, because of what they used to have, and because obviously of their marketplace. But man, I am surprised that Nashville is not higher on that list.
8: Yeah, um, yes, but well, I would assume Bridgestone could offer. I mean, don't they play like NCAA tournament game? Isn't the SEC tournament at that Bridgestone Arena? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, man, already. Yeah. yeah,
8: I mean, the thing that the Pacers benefit from, and again, I, I hate it. I know you you and I both talk about this. You know, when the Pacers face a opposing team that has a star player, every kid that is a fan of that star player from Cincinnati, Louisville, St. Louis, that's the closest NBA game yeah. to them. So they're going to drive in for it. Obviously, if you throw a team in Nashville, you throw a team in Louisville, that would be a bit different you know i kind of thought that at some point you would get like a vegas and or seattle and yeah. then you would just bump like minnesota and new orleans i'm trying to think geographically you would just bump, like Minnesota, New Orleans over to the east, and then boom, there's your 16 and 16.
2: Yeah, I just, I, I want, I kind of hope that both Vegas and Seattle are out of the way relatively soon because I'm a non believer in Mexico City and Louisville. We'll be all be long dead by the time any of that crap happens, I think. But I'd like to, I'd like to be <laughs> like just be, I mean, you always kind of look in the rear view, don't you, a little bit, and kind of wonder. Sure. I, I'd like to see Vegas and Seattle get the hell out of the way. Well, I, and get get I would get say, a franchise and move forward. So Yeah,
8: I'd say a couple of things. I mean, expansion versus relocation, obviously, is two different things. So th- that would be curious. I, I'd say two things. And I don't want to speak for Jake, but I know Jake has brought this up before. There's a bit of concern. Uh, concern might be too aggressive a statement. But curiosity about Louisville's NBA future and the Pacers' impact on that. Um, and, and so, you know, with the Yum Center and how all of that plays out, that would be interesting. Again, I know here the contract of the C I B, if I'm not mistaken, is you know, for many, many years moving forward, you know, the ability to break that contract. I don't know the legal, you know, parameters around that and whatnot, but to me, given those odds that you just laid out there, Vegas and Seattle would seem to make Obvious,
2: yeah. obvious sense to me. Uh, no doubt about that. All right, so you had Walker. Before I let you go, Walker and Hendrix in today. If you're going to have your choice between one or the other. I I'd go Walker here. Where would you go?
8: Walker and Hendrix? Yeah.
2: Are we talking i I'm not following that? No, if they're in for the Pacers for a workout today.
8: Oh gosh, for this is where my brain's at right now. I thought you were going back to uh
2: to handling pimples, man. Oh, you've been just, you've been messing you've, yeah. been, you've been messing around with a little sticky icky there. I think up up, up, up there around the Michael, near north side this afternoon a little bit. Yeah, you kind of lost your mark a little bit. I got it. I got
8: it. Michael goes. I definitely use sea breeze as a uh, <laughs> teenager. A little sea breeze on a cotton ball goes a long, long, long way.
2: That's how I you find. That's how you Michael. found. That's how you found out you had a series of uh, really. Bad acne. If you if you had to go to the Seabreeze, that was your last resort.
8: <laughs> uh I like both those guys. I like Walker and, and I like Hendricks. I'm a little bit of a, I think you're to the point where you have some really really important puzzle pieces. Now you need to kind of fit into that puzzle. um I love Walker's just like physicality. And, yes, I mean, he looks like an NBA ready guy um, right away. Hendricks could probably stretch the floor a little bit more consistently, which is always something that's paramount in the NBA. But for a team that was one of the worst defensively, one of the worst rebounding, I think both guys are good defenders. I think Walker would provide a little bit more of a he just looks like a dude you want on your team. And I know it's kind of maybe a stupid reason to want him, but I would think he'd bring a level of uh, of toughness that would be a nice compliment to what you have right now. But I, I would I'd be totally content if the seventh pick came from one of those two guys working out today.
2: So what do you think? Too? They gonna pick seventh and then parlay some of these picks into future leverage, future assets, which I hate, by the way. Or maybe try to parlay that into a uh, either a, another higher player in the draft or maybe an already established player that could help them in the present. What do you think?
8: Yeah, I, I like grouping the picks together and doing something with it. I. I tend to think kevin pritchard to be a little bit more open-minded to getting a future pick although i know that makes you mad i think too many guys kind of hovering around the same area financially could be a concern i wouldn't mind trying to get back in the mid-teens and and seeing what could be there and obviously maybe you wait till the board starts to fall here in a couple weeks before you before you do that um but i I do kind of like the idea of packaging those picks and either going veteran route or moving up. Because I I look at your roster right now and don't think it's quantity anymore. I think it's quality. And that's where uh, I'm good with, you know, shrinking the the five picks that you have and, you know, maybe two, maybe three, or looking into what is out there from a veteran standpoint. And the beautiful thing about the Pacers, and they've benefited from this several times in recent years, they're in such a great cap-friendly situation that teams get desperate. And sometimes they've got to kind of shell guys off from a financial sense a cap sense. I think Buddy Heald was honestly a little bit of that for Sacramento and look what he's turned into for the Pacers so that's where you can kind of insert yourself and be like hey you guys need help we can provide that help but we're going to need
2: something and if you can get something substantial in in return uh, I'd be all ears. Pacers bringing in tomorrow workout wise by the way former UCLA guard Tiger Campbell. I think his name is City Sissoko from the Ignite of the G League. Marquise Noel, who had an incredible NCAA tournament for Kansas State, Ben Shepard of Belmont, Hunter Tyson of Clemson, and uh, the uh, often-traveled Jalen Wilson of Kansas in for the Pacers coming up tomorrow.
8: Mm. It's an interesting group. Campbell, um, he went to uh, whatever the prep school is up in LaPorte, if I'm yep. not mistaken. And, um, gosh, Noel had that Kemba Walker-type run. Oh, really, he was fantastic, yeah. Outside of Zach Eadie, Trace Jackson, Davis, you know Jalen Wilson was certainly one of the names Drew Timmy up there for you know, first team All American, National Player of the Year. So that's the thing about the Pacers is all these picks, John, they kind of have to cover all their bases. And you know, yep. in a guy like Jordan Warras' case, you get two years, three years into the league, and a guy made a strong impression on you in the draft process. You weren't able to pick him, but you did enough intel, you feel good about it, and you and you bring him in here a couple of years later. So I think that's some of the benefit, early some of the homework you're trying
2: to do right now all right i can hear it right now somebody saying on draft night that jalen wilson can score on a variety of levels i hear it right now <laughs> <laughs> multi-level <laughs> Did the score door. Did bills just say that on the set yeah you just yeah there's no doubt you just say that to waste about three and a half seconds of time i mean you can just say he can score and that'll be adequate right i mean you score yes. at different levels come on
8: yeah, yeah, yeah. It is probably a little bit nerdy, although I I probably said that
2: prior. All right. Well, hey, get back to whatever you're doing this afternoon that kind of got you off the beaten <laughs> path a little bit right there, too. Good zit conversation with Jake Query this morning. You know that guy's never had a zit in his life probably, right? So. Well, I don't, I don't know. He
8: keeps on pouring the, the, that cologne all over his body. Those pores can't stay clean forever. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, doesn't he do the uh, – I can't am- – doesn't the uh, – what's that uh, spray tan stuff? That he does. That I'm sure that probably yeah, right. clogs the pores, right? He's probably got I'm zits sure. all over his body, body zits. Take that,
5: take
8: that into a dermatologist. They'll put you in a hazmat <laughs> suit, walking
2: out of their office. All right, buddy. Have a great rest of the week. Appreciate you. Hi, right, John. Yep. It's yep. Uh, yep. Kevin yep. Bowen on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Let us take a break. We got fifty cent tickets to give away before the end of the show. Uh, we'll lead with AJ coming up on the other side at two three nine ten seventy as well. If you guys want to jump on board, you can ninety three five one zero seven via the fan.
4: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV I don't know what the hell's in there, but it's weird and pissed off,
2: whatever it is. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan I mentioned a little bit earlier that Ed Carpenter Racing and Connor Daly have evidently mutually decided to part ways. This was a statement from Connor a little bit earlier today, although we've mutually decided that it's in our best interest to take different paths. I'd like to thank Ed Carpenter Racing for the past three and a half seasons. I'm grateful to everyone who has supported me past, present, and into the future. I look forward to taking on the next opportunities that await. And I want to thank the fans for being with me on this ride. That a statement from Connor Daly earlier today. It's from Andrew JMV. Number one is Madden Maine dealing with the Canadian wildfire smoke. I'm assuming probably so. I think everybody on the eastern seaboard right now is dealing with it. See some of those pictures of New York City. That looks pretty ugly. And, of course, we have dealt with it the past couple of days. This is from Wes, JMV at 107.5thefan.com. So, I'm a 90s kid, JMV, the class of 97. As you know, the show has been an afternoon religion for me for 10 years, and I can never get in for tickets. You are ready to write this down? I know this is going, James. Ready? I would love Keith Sweat Tickets to thank him personally for all of the female clothing items that have been dropped and locked. La- what? <laughs> Wes. We could probably get and find, I'm assuming at some point we'll give away Keith Sweat tickets. By the way, we made that announcement. Keith Sweat will be a part of the entertainment at this year's Indiana State Fair at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. I believe August the second was the date. That's a Wednesday. Yes, that's right. Keith Sweat, keep Wes in mind, won't you? JMV, I loved what you said regarding the late great Iron Sheik a little bit earlier. Uh, it did mean a lot to me back then. Uh, watching the Iron Sheik and the Campbell Clutch, that was, that was his signature move. And to me, that was like the most noted. What's the most noted, you as a wrestling, what's the most noted signature move?
3: Um, I mean, you have Bret Hart and the Sharpshooter. The Sharpshooter, Bret uh, Hart. You got Ric Flair and the uh, I think it's the Four Leaf Clover that he did. Four Leaf Clover is um, that the Figure Four Leg Lock? Yeah, figure Four, that's what it is. Four, figure Four. Um, and then you got, I mean, you got Undertaker's Choke Slam. You got uh, the Stone Cold Stunner. That's a huge one that everyone. Hulk loves. Hogan had the Leg Drop. Yes, he's his? got the Atomic Leg Drop. Okay. And I think, I think Randy Savage had the uh, the elbow drop from the top rope. I think that was him.
2: What's the what? Uh, what is the any of you wrestling fans, past and present? If you, I don't know anything about the present, but of the past, is the Camel Clutch top five greatest signature moves of all time in wrestling? Somebody had the Claw. That was way way back. The Claw. I don't know. I'm just making crap up at this point. <laughs> the Camel Clutch. Yeah, the uh, figure four leg lock. That was
3: Ric Flair? Yes, that was.
2: Two, three, I'll let you guys talk amongst yourselves regarding that. AJ's up next today. AJ, hello. Hey, JMV. Thank you for taking my call. You got it.
1: I wanted to talk to you about Chris Ballard, and First of all, I wanted to say that I'm not someone that has always been an anti-Chris Ballard fan. In fact, I was a huge fan of his for a number of years. But I really got to be, and I hate to be it that I'm directing it all at you, because it's not all directed at you, but why is it that local media asks this guy nothing but softball questions? I mean, we're in year seven of Chris Ballard's tenure. Give me some examples of there.
2: that. Give me some examples of softball questions.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think that um, an example is, you know, last year after Frank Reich's firing that, um, you know, we're asking like what's going on with the team and everything. And, and then I remember very clearly in, in the interview, Chris, Chris Bower says, well, you know, he starts blaming local media and fans for the fact that the team is not doing good because he says like, why well, draft drafted a receiver. And and now the offensive line is going, going to crap. I mean, he used an expletive explicit word right there, which I didn't feel was very professional, but um, you know, there's a number of other examples, but I just I really feel that, you know, here we are in year seven. Chris Ballard has not won the AFC South one time. I can name just off top of my head 15 other people that are better drafters than he is. He doesn't spend any money in free agency. Players don't want to play for him, and he's always bragged that we have this great locker room, and (laughs) Apparently that great locker room has players betting on uh, against the team in it.
2: Well, so, all, all I all I can do AJ is is speak um with regards mm-hmm. to myself. And I know for now a year and a half, I mean it's to me I question why you wouldn't move on. I I know why they didn't move on because I know the gym did not want to replace absolutely everybody with one fell swoop and then start at the quarterback position for the long-term future or doing that all all at once. But, yeah, as far as questions are concerned, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know how else and how many different ways you can ask it. So, I mean, he, he may not like the quality of the answer, but at least in my case, and certainly I pay attention to what others ask as well. I mean, I, I, I could tell – I'll give you a great example. I, I could tell A.J., when and a lot of people said the same thing when i sat down with him at the combine and this was on youtube live you can go back and watch it i i went a different direction with my questions because i know that everybody locally asked him those questions 15 minutes before i had him so i wanted to ask different ones and people had noted how he didn't look like that he wanted to be there. I don't think he's a big fan of mine, and I wouldn't be a big fan of mine if I talked about how he should not be the general manager any longer every day for three hours, Monday through Friday on this show. I would not be a big fan of But I, I just I don't know where, certainly with and I'll back up me on this, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know where the egregious errors have been as far as Q&A with him. I think everything's kind of been laid out there fairly substantially. Especially in the past year, and especially a four, twelve and one type of year that was an absolute circus, I think everybody took a took a big dose of of criticism, basically daily.
1: well can I, can I just can I just say two two points here and then, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go. yeah uh, for one i would I would have asked him a long time ago, well, why did you draft Paris Campbell ahead of um DK Metcalf, Scary Terry?" Hunter Winfrey, because he's going to tell
2: you that's who he liked at the time. Well, and then, and and, would, then, and then, you can, then you can then you then you would have to back player player it up with well, 30 clearly 30 that was dollars. a miss. Of, I mean yeah, I, I, I've say AJ I've sat on this show for about five years ad nauseum telling folks wide receiver wide receiver wide receiver, um mm-hmm. and when he did I think we all thought that okay we'll see what this has with Paris Campbell. I don't I mean you could you could ask him that, that's fine, but I mean all these dudes also swing and miss on it. I'm, listen, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of move, moving forward in the future, but the owner is, and you and you have to deal with it. I just know that a majority of what you're talking about right now has been asked.
1: And the, the last thing that I'll say and I, I think it's an interesting storyline that you know hasn't been talked about. Mm -hmm. And that is, and I'm not an absolute Frank Reich Reich defender. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, it's all Chris Bauer, it's all Frank Reich. But if Frank Reich goes to Carolina and they start winning games, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation as to who the real problem was.
2: I I think you can have it regardless of that. I mean, you could have had that this past year, regardless of it. You could have it because of... You know where they have not been, what they have not accomplished with with his philosophy. You could have that right now. You don't have to necessarily wait at all, AJ, on Frank. You know to have a surprisingly strong first season in Carolina to have that. So, no doubt.
1: Well, I wanted to say before I I really love your show, and I didn't want to seem like I'm jumping all on you. No, oh, no, I, no, I don't. I
2: don't feel that way because I know what I've said. I, I know yeah. where my stance has been, and I'm comfortable in that. So I'm not sensitive with that in mind. Not at all. Okay. Thank you very much for your time. AJ, thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, I know where I've been. I know what I've said. I know strongly worded how I presented things. And I know what some people feel about that and what others maybe not so much do. So, yeah, I'm not going to be sensitive about it. That's cool. I just don't know what else needed to be asked. We, we know of the shortcomings and of the failures up until this point right now. And what else needed to be asked. And again, I can only speak for myself. I do pay attention, but I'll let others speak for themselves. But I know what I've said. I know what my position has been. Quick break, and we'll come back. Thank you, AJ, for the call. What well, you want to do? That right now or coming back? No, we'll do that coming back. All right, get set. Fifty cent tickets coming at you in the next couple of minutes. Ninety three five one zero seven five. The fan.
0: The ride with JMV. Ah!
7: fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster,
2: and your father smelt of elderberry.
0: 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
2: All right, 50 Cent is coming to Indy. And I got a pair of tickets for you right now A 239-1070. Number nine, you can go see 50 Cent here in Indy later on this summer. 50 Cent, Buster Rhymes, I believe they're coming to Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. That's July the 27th. I got to make sure that's July. Indeed it is. July the 27th, Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. And it is 50 Cent celebrating 20 years of his album, Get Rich or Die Trying. Buster Rhymes also there. Number nine at two three nine ten seventy is going to be just that. Sundance updates me on this, and of course we've been talking about the passing of the legendary wrestler, the Iron Sheik. Sundance says Camel Clutch is definitely a top five finishing move. Did I say signature move. It's finishing move,
3: right? Did I messed that up. I think. I mean, I think it's a signature move. I think a, I think a finishing move is something slightly different.
2: All right, so the the signature well, I mean, the finishing move, the camel clutch was the finishing move, So, but I always thought it was signature. Anyway, whatever. Top five finishing move, uh, according to Sundance, would be the bionic elbow of Dusty Rhodes, the stinky leg drop of Hulk Hogan, the figure four of Ric Flair, James mentioned those, and the DDT of Jake the Snake Roberts. Porkchop says the number one would be Goldberg's Spear. The Mandible Claw was Mankind. And Ken mentioned Jake the Snake and the DDT. You guys get me up to date on this. Superfly, Jimmy
3: Snuka's signature, Superfly Splash, impressive too. It's for Frank. Sweet Chin Music by Shawn Michaels. That's a good one too. Oh, yeah. Shawn Michaels. Right there. Did Andre the Giant have a finishing move? I don't know if he did or not. It may have just been a slam or something because he was something so Something slam, yeah.
2: Yeah, the Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> Tag team. It yeah, came at a perfect time. I mean, you were coming off, obviously, a couple of years clear of the Iran hostage crisis, and then... Still in the midst of the uh, Cold War with the Soviet Union. That was perfect. Perfect heels right there. Perfect storylines every single week. And the Iron Sheik was a part of that. Bryce, the winner? Hey, Bryce, you want to go see 50 Cent? Yeah, I want to see 50 Cent. You got it. That's uh, July the 27th, Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center, man. You enjoy that, all right? All right, thank you very much. I'm going to put you back on hold, Bryce. Congratulations. We got you again tomorrow with those tickets and Jeff Foxworthy. Again, our concert announcement today, Keith Sweat, August the 2nd. That's a Wednesday. Indiana State Fairgrounds. I'm sure we'll be giving away tickets to that at some point. Hey, great show today. Thank you all very much. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. Thank you for putting up with a, a bit of a sporadic Fubarish type of app today, but apparently it did regain the flow that was necessary to bring you to this show every single day if you're outside this market. Appreciate you. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, James as well. Dave Lauk is the head coach of Ron Colley. The Royals going for three straight softball titles Saturday against Penn up in Lafayette. Also, Bob Kravitz, also Kevin Bowen, podcast 107.5thefan.com. Good show coming at you tomorrow. We begin at 3. It's 93.5, thefan. The fan. Have a great night.